step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Evening, Mark. Yo, yo, check, check. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? I can. All right. I did it right this time. <laughs> <laughs> I keep having issues with, uh, well, not issues, just if my mic's not plugged in when I open t uh, Telegram, then I have to shut it down, exit it, you know, the whole, like, close it all the way down, plug it in and try again. And it's like, ah, you can't just plug it in and you're good. Yeah. Some some systems have a uh, that type of problem. Whatever the uh, software or a program is looking for in a sound system, yeah. it's already been used by another, so it won't take it. So you gotta close out and do all that. You gotta do the hard yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, I mean it makes sense, so it's not like it can make me mad. Really, it's just like ah, uh, you know. It seems like uh, whenever it matters, you know, it's like it's not plugged in, and I gotta do that. So how you been? Uh, I'm tired. This week has been dragging for on for way too long. I don't know if I'm going to make it the entire call, but I really wanted to be on because of a. It might be a, a conversation about Steve-O. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of probably the initial idea at one time, but I don't know. I think. Uh, Steve-O probably has enough conversations about Steve-O. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's going on? Hey, JC. How you doing, Alan? Uh, tired. It's been a long week. I, I don't know if I'm... I was hoping I wanted to make the call just to have a few conversations, but I'm half tempted to get off early and just crawl into bed and fall asleep. Yeah, I might be right there with you. <clears throat> I mean, not physically in bed. Well, uh, whatever you fantasize about, man, is your own choice. You don't have to share it with the public. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I mean, I I, uh, I was just up all night doing that video that I put out today. So, so it, it came back out for depth, huh? Did you hear what? about that? Johnny Depp's verdict? Yeah, the, uh, what was it, 15 million? I think is what they charged you for? Yeah, but listen to this BS. Freaking, the judge amended the judgment <clears throat> and made it 10,350,000 because 350,000 is the statutory limit. And uh, in Virginia for, what is it? What type of damages was it? Well, there was, was substantive, and then there was punitive, wasn't there? It was punitive. 
Well, yeah. The jury said that it was ten million for uh, substantive, and then um, five for punitive. Yeah, but they have a three hundred and fifty thousand dollars limit because they keep limiting everybody's rights, and three hundred and fifty thousand dollars is not enough money to punish millionaires. No. Uh, you know, like for absolutely atrocious behavior like that. I mean, I heard Amber Turd won't even get out of bed to take a crap for that little money. What was it? Um, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, forgot the actor's name. But his, uh, he was an assassin. Phone went off. He looked at it. He's like, I'm not getting out of bed for that. <laughs> and he looks at it again after it beeps again and like tripled in place. It was like $5 million. He's like, I'll get out of bed for that. <laughs> yeah, that was Vince Vaughn in that part. That's who it was, yeah. <laughs> oh, ben Swan in what part? Um, Vin- what was it? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were a league of assassins, and uh, Vince Vaughn was sleeping in on a Saturday, and he got the notice to say, "Hey, it's a there's a contract out for you know, let's say eight hundred and fifty thousand or whatever." He's like, "On a Saturday, I'm not getting out for anything less than three million. It bings again, and it's like five million. He's like, "I'll get up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they added on both of them. Huh. Yeah, that's not Ben Swan, like the guy who reports news, is it? Uh, Vince Vaughn. Oh, Vince Vaughn. Okay, is he playing some like gangster part? No, nah, he's just he's a a friend of uh, Mr. Smith. He's got he... a small comic relief part as a buddy and uh, fellow, you know, hired assassin. Thug. <laughs> so, Alan, what did you think about the drama last week? Oh, I was I dove into that. Originally, I was, I was, I was taking a step back. I'm like, okay, let him say what he needs to, whatever. And then the second he um, told uh, what's her face, um, one of the girls, to STFU, I lost it. <laughs> I started hammering on him. And. <clears throat> That was at that point I considered it a breach of peace. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was uh-huh. talking Monarch the other night. I was like, I think what happened was that he came on and we weren't immediately rude to him or kick him off, and he was like, "I'm in love. This is the longest lasting relationship I've had with the group in a long time. It's gonna last forever." <laughs> or anybody probably. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, then he got his heartstrings cold and teased and found out this wasn't just an opening class waiting to be taught by him. Well, he didn't leave any teachings. The yeah, he didn't leave any teachings behind. It was, uh, you know, Glenn and I were pretty open about saying, oh, offer a solution. You know, tell us something. And he's like, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> it's like he gave no, he like nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, talk to you unless you worship me. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, somebody's got their hand up, Monarch. All right. Let's see. Uh, uh, oh, Sean, I guess I go ahead. Done. You're unmuted. Oh. Hey, hey, Sean, you got to unmute your own. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, What's going go. on, man? Can you guys hear me well now? Say what? Can you hear me very good? 
No, not really. There's a lot of background noise. Yeah, it sounds like you're under a river. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a different Bluetooth on. I was just introducing myself. Uh, Glenn Adams brought me in. I've, I've got a lot of uh, experience in, in research of several different common laws, different peoples, um, the law nations, the United States, the United States, the government district of Columbia, the WHO, United Nations, several different things and several different events. I, I think that I may be an assembled with. I don't mean to be rude, man, or cut you off or anything. It just, I, I don't know what's going on behind you, but there's just this really loud kind of whooshing sound. Um, so, I mean, uh, whenever you don't have a really, really loud background, we'd love to hear what you're saying. What's going on, Glenn? John, just uh, what we did before, uh, when we were talking on the phone earlier, um, just uh, reverse. Ready for connection. Can you guys hear me now? Oh, yeah, that sounds way better. Yeah, well, the problem is is that <laughs> you don't sound way better because my devices. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and try to say a short short statement here. Uh, Glenn Adams brought me in. My name is Sean Beller. I'm the governor of the American First Republic of the United States of America. I, I've done a lot of research concerning several different common laws which is the tradition of a people and i can go into a lot of details about that i'm not here to teach i'm here to learn together i try to assemble with people i don't believe in a leader except by the collective population and the almighty creator that's where i stand um, i hope that maybe we can bring information to each other that will help everybody so when my device gets charged back up i'll be able to speak again i appreciate you all letting me be present all right, man. Well, we're glad that you're present and not represent because we don't yeah, know how excellent. to be represent. <laughs> well, glad I may be you. an office holder, but I am not a representer. Yeah. I, I present the will of the collective people in compact. That's the way I work. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all about cooperation. I mean, people talk about Darwinism and how, you know, in Darwinism, it's the whole, you know, might makes right kind of you know the strong will survive the strong will prevail and, and there were two prevailing theories back then and the one that's not so well talked about talks about you know when when you don't have the strength it's actually the people who are in collectives or the animals that are in collectives and it doesn't really matter who's the strongest or who's the weakest um and i i think obviously you know, we've all grown up in the same society and we've all, you know, bought into the same propaganda at one time or another. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's really about cooperation. It's really about how do we get along with each other. All law is, is a uh, solution to controversies. Correct. And uh, uh, common law would be the tradition of a people. And that can be put forth through legislations, cases that can be put forth through compacts. It can be put forth through multiple ways, but it, it, there's multiple, multiple different common laws. There's Anglo-Saxon, there's British, there's American, there's several different American common laws. One's American, one's a British American and so on. I can go into a lot of detail. 
But again, I just appreciate everybody letting me be present. When my Bluetooth charges up to where we can hear each other well, I'll I'll, I'll sound off again. Well, that sounds good, man. There, there are a lot of different common laws. Common laws, basically, the local customs and structure that's uh, built on natural justice and equity. And um, you know what we talk about here is is common law, but it's more of the natural law form of common law, which, you know, common law, the way that I think about it, is a biblical procedure um, that really hasn't changed since biblical times. And you can go and look at the Bible, you know, if you read very closely and in between the lines, it, it really teaches you pretty much exactly what's going on and the customs and beliefs and the practices um, even though they kind of mirror, well, they don't mirror, but the civil law mirrors, you know, the common law. They're, they're two absolutely diametric different things. I was actually talking to Monarch earlier this afternoon, and when I was working on the video last night and thinking about the difference between common law and civil law, it kind of came to me like common law is a common procedure that people have used to resolve disputes since time immemorial. But in order to proceed in common law, everybody basically has to agree to kind of go by the same rules of common law, you know, move along the same procedures. Um, you know, common law is more kind of a fair fight, whereas civil law is the exact opposite. It's where we can't agree on anything. We can't agree on any procedure. I'm going to fight you every single step of the court process just to fight you, you know, even if it doesn't really matter, just, just to try and cause you problems and, um, you know, annoyance. I'm, I'm going to fight you and I'm going to bring up every single little thing in the minutest parts of the subsection of the section of the ABCs and one, two, threes in the article that's being then, presented or whatever we're arguing about. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a little bit of a theory to that, the difference between inferior and rightful. Um, so you're actually speaking of a penal when you speak civil, same difference, a different word being used in the same context. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring a little bit of uh, a different, uh, my perspective, it's a little different, it's a little touch different than yours. You're absolutely correct in what you said concerning an inferior legislation, penal or civil, same different, uh, in an inferior, that you're absolutely correct and I would agree entirely. So when my Bluetooth does come back up, I, I will be happy to, to speak more. And it does sound like there's some intelligent people here, so I appreciate it, Gwen. And I'm, I'm on mute out now. About 15, 20 minutes, I'll be able to come in. Well, we'll still be here. Yeah. So, Jay, what's going on, my brother? So, from what you just said, concerning the controversy and the uh, constant fighting and the bickering and dredging up all you can find to mock or defame the other party. Uh, that kind of reminds me of why they put verses in their uh, court proceedings. So it's like Bob versus Smith because it's a, it's a fight where well, you really find the common law side, right? I, I'll never use uh, verse versus um, VS. One, one thing is that 
all of that stuff's incredibly incredibly tricky a lot of the acronyms like vs can mean different things and they have meanings that you don't understand it's difficult for me to understand them i don't understand them kind of like i don't really understand the civil law it just doesn't really make sense to me and um and uh <clears throat> what what was i gonna say about that sorry i've been up on that Sorry, no, I'm fairly. From, yeah, it's 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 a battle, it's a fight. Where when you when we approach it in the common law side and the natural law side, we go in there seeking peace. You know, settling settling whatever debts there are, making sure there's no controversy, making sure everyone is is happy and this community is happy. It's let's all be you know, let's all be at peace. Where well, as did you get? Uh, sorry for interrupting. Did you get a chance to watch the video that? That I made last night, published this afternoon. I did not. I didn't. I I saw it a couple times online, and I just I haven't had the time, unfortunately. And it shows. Yeah. We can tell. Oh, thanks, Monarch. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Well, thanks I, for the vote of confidence. <laughs> I, I know you were talking about how busy you were today, so you know I kind of figured you probably didn't get a chance to watch it. But if if you watch it, you know one of the main themes in there is that I'm talking about justice for everybody. You know, and I talk about it through the lens of everybody talking about justice for Johnny Depp, you know, justice for George Floyd, justice for Kyle Rittenhouse. And really, whenever people are saying justice for what they're really saying is that we're accepting not having justice as long as you give justice to this situation or that situation. And the interesting thing about justice is like, you know, I can say justice for Johnny Depp. But I can also say justice for Amber Heard. Like, I believe that Amber Heard received justice today. You know, most people might have a different opinion on that. But in my opinion, justice is basically kind of like karma. It's kind of yeah. like getting what you deserve or, or getting what you've set up for yourself. It's like, now you've crapped in your bed. You got to go lie in it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It's kind of like prosecution too, you know, prosecution doesn't sound like something you want to go through, but when you have allegations from the state, the prosecution is probably the best thing you'd want, you know, cause it's the due process. Well, yeah, I mean, you definitely wish to have prosecution whenever the state's charging you with something, because if you don't have prosecution, you're going to get persecution, which is what typically happens. An administration. Yeah, I mean, persecution is really like is real easy to do in administration. In fact, all you can really do in administration is persecute. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's not a prosecution when, um, let's say, like a party petitions for something. They're they're not prosecuting that petition. They're persecuting it. You, you know, yeah. it's just something that they made up. Yep, in the likeness of law, under the color of. I managed to get a different device on now. I can hear you guys better now. I, I didn't know I had Telegram on the computer. Oh, yeah, it's it's much better that way. So you're not in Niagara Falls anymore? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I'm always interested in seeing... New documents, different theories, um, 
you know, I find the truth in the walk with the Almighty. I don't find it in any one of any one man's particular uh, doctrine. Uh, the first thing I look at a doctrine is is the copyright, and then so, um, I I don't care if it's somebody that's standing there and holding up the Bible, um, because I've seen many different the Bibles, and uh, really, if you look close enough at each one of them, you're going to find some truth there. In each one of them, you're going to find some truth. Um, and the same thing with uh, different uh, other doctrines like the, uh, um, you've got one right here, in fact, I got, that I just bought not too long ago, the Magna Burke Confession. Um, I find that to be an interesting doctrine that was created in Germany, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's basically based upon a, a collective people where a legislation has an immoral legislative act and and people rise up and they uh, stand against that and uh, if it's necessary they uh, alter or abolish circumstances so uh, that's what I'm all about I, I'm all about the, uh, the interest of the collective over the, the interest of any just one um, and you know I, I've, I've researched a lot of things and um, I, I find natural law to be just as powerful as penal law um, if, if it's used properly and uh, when a society gets to a certain level uh, a certain number of occupants then uh, penal law becomes necessary or um, civil so to say um and, and, it, and the reason is is because there's so many that that are weaker and, and innocent segments of the population that uh get abused and uh fraud committed upon unless there is a standing um penal or civil um um occupancy so to say now when I say that, I, I refer to the two words that I had said when I started, inferior or rightful legislation. And what we've been looking at our entire life has been inferior. And it's, it's by tacit consent, by participation in the society, is, is how they've maintained their authority. And at some point, when that population is no longer being preserved, such as today's events where transhumanism inoculation is being perpetuated the 5g radio frequency is causing cognitive damage and it's by the actions the immoral actions of this inferior legislation that we've known all our lives united states inc at uh, that point the people have a right to rise up against these immoral actions and abolish or alter so I'll yield with that. I don't want to hog the entire floor, but that's where I stand. So I yield. Hey, hey Sean, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of that. I'll, I'll tell you where I stand. I don't know if you've seen the YouTube channel, Just Conspiracy. If you haven't, you should probably check it out. You'd probably like it. That's the YouTube channel that I uh, post up on. Um, a couple of years ago, I think it was, uh, around March of 2020, I actually made 
a series, like a little playlist, and it's called How the Constitution Reads. And when you're talking about inferior legislation, inferior and rightful legislation, you know, because I've thought about this a whole lot, and I've read every state constitution at least once. Um, most states have revised their constitutions. The constitutions, the state constitutions that I prefer to read the most are the original 13 colonies from 1776 or 1777. That's the only constitutions. You're right. The 13 is the only constitutions. The other are unwritten in law or inferior. Well, well no, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But the 13 constitutions from the 13 states that had the people who did rise up, you know, to uh, throw off the chains of oppression and tyranny. When, when they wrote those constitutions, there's a huge difference. And it took me about... I would say about three months to actually find the original um, South Carolina 1776 constitution, because the only one I could find was 1783. I think that was as far back as I could get. And there's a huge difference in the 1776 and the 1783. It, it's absolutely amazing and staggering to me how many, you know, rights were, were not taken away. But they were, uh, let, let's just say, better concealed. Um, in the 1776 Constitution, this is huge um, for anybody who really understands the impl implications of this. But the entire uh, legislative part of the Constitution that controls the judiciary in South Carolina for 1776 was simply two articles that basically said state judges only have jurisdiction over maritime and admiralty cases. That's, ba that's basically the entire extent of giving the judiciary power in the 1776 state constitution. Did you know that that constitution was enacted by the authority of people in social compact? Yeah. I mean, I mean, all the constitutions were back then. You know, I really That's like uh, Massachusetts. They're not anymore. They're not well, anymore. They're, they're enacted by the point of a bayonet now. I mean, that's for sure. You can just look at the uh, Reconstruction Acts that happened. You know, I mean, North Carolina had their governor forcibly removed after the Civil War. And, and, and that's the difference between inferior and rightful. You're well, looking see, at an inferior right now. See, I, I was actually going to address that, so I'm glad that you brought it back up. I, I really enjoy the Massachusetts's constitution because they have a very, very common law state. And in their constitution, they do not call themselves lawmakers. Um, they call themselves lawgivers because at best, man can give each other law. You know, that that's the at best what they can do when they decide to form government with one another. Um, and if you go and read the federal constitution, so this is getting back to your inferior and rightful. Uh, the federal constitution states right there in the uh, article three talking about the judiciary. And it also states in article two talking about the legislative branch of government. Um, it talks about how uh, the legislative branch 
can make all inferior courts suit uh, inferior to the Supreme Court. Like every court that is legislated into existence is inferior to the Supreme Court. And Supreme is spelled with a lowercase s. Okay, so they're not talking about SCOTUS. They're not talking about the proper noun Supreme Court of the United States. They're talking about the Supreme Court. And what the Supreme Court is, is a court of law. Every other court is inferior to a court of law. Okay, and, and no judicial officer can sit over a court of law because a court of law is is basically a jury of your peers, is, is a jury of 12 independent men and women, and it used to be the entire crowd. It used to be the entire party um, because what would happen, like the way courts would be handled back when you had court barons or hundred courts in England where the common law uh, thrived and continued to thrive after William the Conqueror. Uh, can somebody take over for me? I'm got, I got to attend to my fatherly person's duties. Roger that. Yeah, uh, he's referring I'm to presuming Supreme. he's speaking of 1789, right? When he's speaking of the federal constitution, he's talking about 1789. Am I correct? Um, I'm not sure. We'll see when he comes back. Remember that point, though. Yeah. Uh, but you probably get what he means with supreme, as in lowercase s, as a good opposed to a capital. Like, um, well, the thing is, is about a social compact is this when the people define a le uh, legislative office and they enact that, it can only be defined by the people in compact. Um, that the social compact is a very important, the most important document instrument that I've ever seen in any legislation. Uh, that, that's where the collective people have a limit on the powers of attorney that's been delegated to a legislation, that's where they can limit that. At uh, legislation, without that, there is no place. So uh, that's what I keep continuing to try to bring forward is the loss of the social compact, and uh, the uh, the topics the man brought forward is correct in probably 1789 Constitution, but again, that was between political societies and didn't include the lead, the collective population, so well, it's an inferior. Well, when you talk about it's between, you know, civil societies and did not include the general population, this is the whole idea of what a republic is, you know, because in a republic, you can legislate whatever you wish to legislate. But if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're created in God's image and you know the difference between right from wrong, you can choose like just like you're talking about with the social compact. You can choose not to be a part of it. You can choose, hey, if you guys wish That's to govern yourselves that way. Uh, a little bit backwards. Um, that you're talking about a democracy. Um, yeah, where democracy is a republic. A republic is where the people in compact. That's that's what the republic was founded on. Was people in compact. The the whole idea of a republic, and this is my opinion, this is my understanding, is you can really just break it down just the way it sounds like re. Public, you know, the people, the legislatures in the republic, they get together, they create legislation, and then they republicize it to the rest of society. And people on their own can say, okay, well, 
you know, this legislation sounds good. You know, I think it's a good idea to go the speed limit on the road. So I'm going to follow this legislation. But at any point in time in a republic where that legislation doesn't work for you because legislation is by very definition statutes and statutes are statutes that are rigid and, you know, they're not flexible. They don't accommodate. So at some point in time, legislation is not going to accommodate the, uh, you know, the comfortability of one's own life. And in a Republican form of government, you can choose on your own without any other individual compacting with you uh, to, to just go ahead and take care of yourself and be comfortable with yourself as long as you're not causing harm, injury, or loss to any, any of your fellow creatures here on earth, any of God's fellow creatures or children. Um, uh, and that's basically the way that I see it. But a democracy is, is rule of the 51%. Today we have a Republican form in every state, aristocratic Republican. And there is different uh, forms of these, uh, whether it be democracy or whether it be republic. But a true republic has the authority derived by compact. And if that legislation fails, the people in compact do their job because they're the first branch of government and they assemble in compact and they set the legislation on a correct path. That's a true republic. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I, I just missed that. I had to go perform fatherly duties again. What was going on? <laughs> I'm going to butt in. Stacey, it's Tanisha. How are you? Hey, Tanisha. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I just have a quick question. Something I came across um, recently watching a documentary. About 1800s, there was no people on this earth. Do you know anything about that? Those pictures or what had happened back in the 1800s? You talking about the uh, World Fair? Um... Stuff it's like incubator stuff, I guess. Um, yeah. It's like 1800s. From what I understand, we're we're talking about legislations that had started back in 1700s, but then the 1800s wasn't even there. Like nobody was available. There's pictures of nobody on the streets. I'm just totally confusing you, aren't I? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know anything about that. I'm uh, I got a lot of genealogy research and can trace my ancestry, like, you know, in pictures and paintings and accounts back to the Mayflower. They were all watching the Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> That's for sure. I'll send you the documentary that I came across and see what you think. Okay. Is it on YouTube? Yeah. Awesome. I can watch it at double speed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have come across stuff like that where it's like the rewritten history. Some people talk about like, uh, you know, the 2000 years of history that were taught really only like 500 years. Um, there are people who talk about like, uh, have you heard about the whole mud floods and stuff where yeah. it's like a lot of old cities that you go into, you know, the That's buildings go. Yeah. 
So, and people have different theories and, and this, that, and the other. And, and if you think about it, like, especially from a very common law aspect and the way we talk about court, all of history is just hearsay for the most part anyways. Like nobody was there. Nobody can testify to what happened 150 years ago. Nobody that I know of. That's what I was telling Glenn the other day. I'm like, how does anybody know? We weren't there. Nobody on this earth that's living and breathing right now was not there. So how do we know what is true and what's not true? Everything on the internet can be made to seem to believe that something was the way that it probably wasn't. Their pictures can be documented and doctored and things like that. So it's hard to know what's real and what's not real. There's the results of the events. Uh, you, you can see the uh, way the people pro prospered and, and the way they their demises came about. And it, it'll help you to find the truth in, in what you're seeing on it. Hey, Tanisha, um, what do you think about the flat earth? Have you ever looked into that? I have. So, yeah, so go ahead. Please go ahead. No, please, you go ahead. You want me to tell you my thoughts on it? If it's you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> this is my own personal opinion. This is not anything that I'm trying to tell anybody else, but based on my own personal research, I believe that the global earth is a bunch of crap. I believe that all of that was made up and made people to believe that there is a big space out there. But when I read scripture, scripture contradicts that. Um, I read a lot of scripture. So from what I read in scripture, it does contradict that because there is the firmament that's in scripture. And based on the flat earth theory, um, it shows that there is a firmament in the flat earth theory. But do I know for sure if that's the truth? I don't know. I have not flown past the trees or in an airplane long enough to know how far up an firmament could be and where we are. So I don't know for sure but if I'm going to weigh in on which one I feel is the best or which one I feel is more closest to the truth, I would say flat earth. That's my opinion. Yeah, and everybody's welcome and entitled to their own opinion. Do you, do you wish to uh, know what I believe? Of course. I think everybody is entitled to their own beliefs and their own thoughts based on their own studies, of course. So here, here's basically the way that I look at it and understand it. And that is, you know, when you start looking at quantum mechanics and you start looking at things like string theory and quantum entanglement and superposition, it, the idea comes pretty close to, uh, you know, like you can be standing here on the earth and the earth is completely flat. And then you could fly 60 miles up into the sky and i don't know i've never been there and i will say that like uh because i love space i've always loved space and going back because i i got every single high definition of you know from the earth to the moon and the um the gemini project you know so i have a lot of this stuff and, and there's a lot of suspect things going on you know like there are things that just shouldn't be, and you go and you look at uh, the astronauts that went to the moon, and when um, they were asked about the stars, they were all like, I ain't seeing stars, what are you talking about? And I, I got a different theory on that that I'll get to here in a minute. 
But if you blast up, you know, 60 miles into the uh, Earth's atmosphere, then maybe you see the Earth as a ball. But that doesn't really change anything because the way that I see it and the way that I believe is that, and, and what quantum mechanics kind of dictates and talks about is that I can be down here on Earth and looking at the atoms and looking at the um, particles in a certain structure that makes my reality flat. And then I can go up into space 60 miles above the Earth and look at the same atoms, the same particles, but in a different way that makes them round. And the way that I think about this is that we're all just hallucinating our experience. We're all just hallucinating our reality. And there's a lot of stuff that backs this up. For instance, they created these glasses that when you put them on, it makes everything look upside down, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Like you can be 89 years old. And if you put on those glasses, your brain will rewire itself to see everything right side up within 72 hours, okay? Um, and some people, of course, their mind rewires themselves faster than that. It all depends on neuroplasticity. But this actually really explains to you in a pretty physical way how well we hallucinate our own reality, okay? And we create the things that we wish to be true and we make them true because really nobody knows what's truly going on. And what I find really interesting, because I love the flat earth debate, you know, I think it's something that should be debated. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this, I, I would rather debate somebody who's who's full in on the globalist side. <laughs> because when I want it in the debate, they'll let me walk away without pestering me uh, on the flatter side. I, I haven't had that experience as much, you know, it's kind of gotten better. But um, what I think is really interesting is they have a lot of really, really good points, like the Flat Earth Society that was um, that was recreated in the mid 1800s or whatever by engineers you know, and they were talking about some of the bridges, like the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. They didn't take into account the curvature of the earth. And if the earth curved the way that scientists say that it curves, then, um, you know, they, they would have had to have done that. When they laid railroad tracks uh, all down the, the earth from the east coast to the west coast of the continental United States. They didn't take into account the curvature of the earth. And my absolute favorite video on YouTube is uh, these people, they go out to a really, really flat, calm lake in, um, in, in Europe, and they have like a little dinghy boat, and they get a really high-powered laser, and they put it 50 inches above the, um, the water line, and then they take the boat three miles out into the water and the laser is still 50 inches above. Now, is the gravity of the earth pulling the light particles to keep it right there? I don't know. And what they actually say at the end of the video, we're like, they're like, uh, we're not saying the earth is round. We're not saying the earth is flat. We're saying, screw you, Stephen Hawking, for lying to the people. And they show a uh, Discovery Channel documentary where Stephen Hawking does the exact same experiment. And when they get three miles out, the laser is like uh, six feet up in the air. You know, so why have that deception? Why try and deceive people like that unless you're trying to keep them in a matrix? And um, what I find really, really interesting, kind of getting back to the whole light 
you know, and when the astronauts went up into the atmosphere, you know, they didn't see stars. And who knows if they actually went. I mean, I definitely don't believe anybody went to the moon. You know, I think that's pretty ludicrous if you know anything about the Van Allen Beltway. But um, if you think about that, they couldn't see light. Well, light, we don't actually know what the speed of light is because any instrument that we would use to measure it doesn't go any faster than the speed of light. Okay, so it's absolutely impossible for us to accurately measure the speed of light going in one direction. Okay, and what we do know about sound is that we know that sound travels at different speeds if you're underwater, if you're at sea level, if you're 50,000 feet in the air. We know 100% for a fact that the density of matter in space creates light or creates sound to travel at different speeds in different ways. And why wouldn't that be the same way with light? But yet we have a constant speed limit for light. And if that constant speed limit for light is off, if we don't have that one information correct, if light is instantaneous until it reacts with our atmosphere, which is what we can see, right, is how light interacts with the things around us, with our atmosphere. You know, if it is instantaneous until that point, then all of our theories on physics, all of our theories on the creation of the universe, because they are just scientific theories that nobody can understand unless you have a doctorate in physics with a whole lot of math. You know, like most people can't understand it. I understand the concept of it. I'm nowhere close to understanding the mathematics of it. And most people are in the same place. But if the, the speed of light is off, all those theories collapse, all of them. And we would be starting off at square one. And if you think about it, whether the earth is flat or round, it's both because you're just hallucinating whatever it is. And the reason it might appear round if you go 60 miles up into the sky is because your mind would go insane if it was still flat. You know, just like okay. your mind would go insane trying to calculate the curvature of the earth for the George Washington Bridge. So the key word that you are saying, which is the word that I've always said, is theory. It's all a theory. And a theory is just a mindset from a man that says that he thinks that this is what he feels or he thinks or sees that it could be. And it's a theory. Everything is a theory. Everything that we know today, no matter what it is, is a theory. Think about that one. That's what I that's how my mind goes. I look at the big picture. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. That's all I, I said to look mind. at the big picture. <laughs> I broke your mind, JC. Well, I mean, no, I, I just I just think that it's always good to keep an open mind. You know, mm -hmm. I was hanging out with my nephew at a, at a hot tub, and he was talking about how he believes in science. And, you know, and I was like, well, what does that mean to believe in science? And he was like, you know, I believe in the Big Bang Theory and the expansion of the universe and this, that, and the other. And I was like, did you hear what you just said? You just said that you believe in a theory. 
you know, and that it's a belief you don't know, like, and I'm not criticizing you. I'm not trying to tell you what to believe. I'm just asking that you keep an open mind, you know, because mm. you might he, change those beliefs. At least he didn't say you should believe the science. Right. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. And that's exactly how I think and how I feel. And I say the same exact thing that, you know, just really keep an eye open mind and really do some studies and research, you know, see what you find out. Don't discredit something unless you know, for sure, for sure, for sure. And, and create your own truth because right. that's the only place where truth comes from. It comes from you. I agree a hundred percent. And this is why I like you, JC. <laughs> I'll let Glenn talk to you now. I just wanted to say hi. Well, it's good hearing from you, Tasha. Ta I, I always feel like I get it wrong. Is it Tanisha? Tanisha, right? It's Tanisha. That's right. You got it. I, I'm sorry. I'm horrible with names. Well, no, Glenn calls, calls you something else, right? A nickname? He calls me all kinds of great things. <laughs> yeah. How is it surviving with him? Is that working out? Um, he, when he's on good behavior, it works out great. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you gotta kick him off the island. Nah, never. We, we actually have an amazing marriage together. We get along really, really good. We're best friends. We do everything together. We're always together, and so I hardly ever have any challenges with him whatsoever. Or he yeah. he might have more challenges with me than I do him. <laughs> Well, I think that's the most important part is to be really good friends first. Yep. I agree. A hundred percent. You have to be friends or else you're just going to hate each other. <laughs> Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. How's it go? I forgot. I think it starts with fear. <laughs> Fear, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads uh, to suffering. Uh, don't quote me on it. It's Yoda. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch Star Wars because there's no stars. It's because it's not flat. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> I, I always think that that's a good thing to bring up. It, it was hilarious. I was at a cocktail party one time talking about superposition and quantum entanglement. And this guy was just calling me an absolute moron. He's like, that could never happen. And I, I, go, I love it when people do this, by the way. But I was like, oh, yeah, you're saying it could never happen. He's like, that could never happen. And I go, yeah, come here. And I grab a cocktail napkin. And I'm like, can I see your pen right there? Yeah. And I write a six on a piece of paper. And I sit right across from him. I put it down. I go, is it a six or a nine? You're telling me it could never work out, me and you seeing different things just because we're in different places. That's what you told me just a second ago. Yep. <laughs> so, so does anybody else have any uh, law, conspiracy theories, talk about Amber Turd? <laughs> Well, I can talk I can about up, uh, I'd rather hear the lady talk, so I'm going to yield. 
No, I was going to say, I could talk about that all day long. That's just ridiculous. You know what? I want to applaud Johnny Depp for standing up for himself because there are so many women in this world that are so narcissistic and treat men so crappy and then turn around and cry wolf. And it's just, they get away with it. I've seen it time and time again. So, you know, and I'm not saying that women don't get abused. I, I myself have been in an abusive relationship in the past, way before Glenn. But, you know, and so I know it happens. Um, but I just feel like Johnny Depp did an amazing job standing up for his rights and to help others. But for her, she is something else. Oh, my gosh, she is something else. Tanisha, did you get a chance to uh, watch the video I created? No, but I will now that I know that you created one. <laughs> well, let's have a talk after you watch it. Okay. So, I'll message you. So if I may, um, can someone give a synopsis on what's going on with Johnny Depp in court? Because I've seen it everywhere, but I have not even bothered um, looking at it in the news. So I just know. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Are he you won. an American? He won. <laughs> as far as I know, he was awarded the highest amount and it's, uh, and it's resolved. He won. Oh. Do you want to know a synopsis of what happened all together? Like yeah, why is he in court? Okay, so he married Amber Heard um, back in 2016. Amber <laughs> um, Back in 2016. And it started out where, you know, in my opinion, she made herself out to be this amazing, beautiful, and she is beautiful. It's not, I'm not going to deny that she's beautiful, but she made herself out to be more than what she was. And so captured his eye. She ended up, um, he has several properties. So the main three properties he had were penthouses uh, in Los Angeles. And she moved in with her friends and family members. All of them moved in too. And he was footing the bill for everybody. And the entire time she was causing him fights. Like she would go to him and start, you know, just picking at him and calling him names and causing fights. And he would very calmly tell her, you know, I don't want to deal with you. Please go away. You know, you know, this is, this is incorrect. There's like a four hour audio that some people have been listening to. I haven't listened to all of it, but I have heard some of it. Four hour audio where this woman would just go ballistic because he'd ignore her because he wouldn't want to deal with the things that she was saying and doing. She's just being very disgusting, actually. Um, Attention more. Yeah, pretty much. Well, when he finally decided, well, she's She's got some kind of disorders or whatever, but when he finally decided to leave her, um, she went to the courts and she wanted to get the keys to the um, penthouses changed so that he couldn't have access to his own property. And so she went to court six days after he left and went on a tri trip. She contacted TMZ and told them the, where to be and where, what side of her face to, to, uh, to take a picture of. And she had gotten a restraining order against him and then had this bruise on her face, which obviously you can tell, anybody can tell, if, you, if any woman can tell that it was makeup. It wasn't a real bruise because a real bruise swells up and has different type of coloring. This was definitely a bruise kit that she used. But and so that was part of the case in there. And then the next day that bruise was gone. It wasn't even there. And then um, she decided to write a um, op ed. That no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to correct you here. She did not decide to write an op ed. The ACLU decided to write an op ed for her. 
Yes. They approached what? her about it. They wrote it for her. They sent it off to the different media uh, agencies to publicize it. She did not write it. I got to just say that she did publish it. And right. what, it, what was it they wrote? They wrote an, an op-ed about um, women in domestic violence. And, and, um, and an op-ed is an op-ed is an opinion edition okay so Thank it's you. basically an opinion piece right okay so but she agreed to it and she put her name on it which because of her getting that restraining order against him it actually and even though his name wasn't named in it she was basically pointing fingers at him even though his name wasn't named and it caused disney to drop him from the pirates of the caribbeans and it caused him to lose a lot of other opportunities movies and things um and a lot of bad press went on where, where he was called an abuser and a wife beater and all kinds of stuff for for six years he went through all of this so he finally sued her for 50 million and did they ever get married they did they got married 15 months waiting it was 15 months or 18 months because i thought it was 18 it, months it was 15 months and you know i mean i i have my own different opinion on the whole thing <laughs> of course oh go ahead and tell your opinion because i just think she's ridiculous and disgusting a disgusting vile human being to do something like that to somebody else Here's my opinion. My opinion is that Johnny Depp has lawyers and not attorneys. And the lawyers got together, knew that he was unhappy in his relationship. They put together a post-nuptial agreement. He went down to have her sign it in Australia. Actually, she went down, but he had to, he tried to have her sign it in Australia. That's where she flipped out and, you know, um, broke the liquor bottle over his finger, you know, throwing it at him. And, uh, and after that, the attorneys were like, oh, this one's going to be difficult. You know, like, how are we going to wiggle him away from her? And I, and in my personal opinion, and I don't have a whole lot of proof to back this up, you know, this is just what I gather circumstantially from the evidence, because it's, it's all way too good. You know, they were both going at it with each other. They were both recording each other for months before they actually broke it off. They were both building their own case. You know, it was war. And I love it because that's the type of war I like. And um, <laughs> I, I'm for real. And uh, anyways, I think they actually set up the whole $650 million getting stolen from him. His entire reaction to it. Uh, just to get her out and to um, and basically to get her out without her taking three hundred and twenty million dollars from them. Uh, you wait, know, wait, wait. You mean that uh, lawyers would do something just heinous like that? Do a whole setup to maybe get more I, money? I, I don't think it was heinous. <laughs> I, I don't think it was heinous. I mean, you know it. If you would have known me going through my divorce, if you thought what Johnny did to her was heinous, then I would hate to think what you would have thought about me going through my divorce because I absolutely had it set up. There, there's a reason why I have full custody. There's a reason why she agreed to me having full custody without having no, to fight. I... Because when I go to war, the war is over before I start. You know, like everything's set up. 
here, here. Yes, um, I have my own opinions about Johnny Depp, and um, it to me is just another story in the news that to some degree is fabricated bullshit and well it's all people propaganda. talking about something <laughs> exactly it, it's all propaganda because all propaganda is like prop you know to put forward like propaganda is to put forward an agenda prop agenda you know propaganda and um, so, yeah, everybody has their own story. They all have their own side. This is what politics are. And then we all meet in the middle and decide to agree somewhere. But Johnny Depp act absolutely has lawyers and not attorneys. You know, he absolutely had people with him every single step of the way, showing him how to avoid the pitfalls and, and what to do to really... Um, end out ahead and and really win in the long run and even though he probably spent 10 million dollars more than what he got in the judgment at the very least uh what he did is he did win the court of public opinion he did get his life back and in a large way like i'm really appreciative because for the first time in my life he really gave me an example to where i can show people what a common law court is you think that he um uh, it was everything that was done in court was under a common law court um it, it was as close as i've ever seen um and, and that's probably the best way i can answer because there's a lot of things that aren't common law um, and it was actually a really interesting thing for me to watch because, you know, there are certain things that were common law. I'll, I'll just give you an example. Uh, whenever Johnny Depp rests his case, you know, uh, Amber Heard's attorneys moved a motion to strike. That's that's just standard operating procedure. You know, everybody's like, oh, they got a motion to throw it out. The judge didn't throw it out. Amber screwed. But when it came around to Johnny, Amber really had not proved the elements at all, you, you know, of her yes. uh, counterclaim. And in fact, I feel like the court sided with her on absolutely everything that was important. It, you know, absolutely everything all the way down to the end. So was it common law? No, but it was as close as we're going to get. That man spent six years and tens of millions of dollars to try to get some sort of justice. And what this really shows us is that none of us have justice and that none of us will get justice unless we have the complete backing of the public support or, you know, we are some type of superstar with millions of dollars like Johnny Depp. It, right you know, now, and if people don't start waking up, then it, it's going to be twenty thirty. They're going to own nothing, and you know. Yes, be happy. Um, so that kind of then ties into a, a question I had been wanting to get your um, opinion on or knowledge on is what a common law court structure is exactly and how um how that would look 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's a really, really difficult question to answer because, of course, common law is the unwritten law, and it doesn't mean that it's not written. It's just not written in one place like, you know, uh, the rules of civil procedure. Um, so to kind of give you an example, I was helping some, I was helping a lady, and I actually helped her. She did really, really well. But the other party was moving against her. The court actually ordered her to pay the other party um, $701, I believe. And the other party was like, great, when can we pick up the check? And the court was like, uh, just like I can't tell her how to move in civil law, I can't tell you how to get that money, but you can go read up on a bunch of case law and it has something to do with the judgment. Uh, you know, so so common law is a way of proceeding. It's a mode of proceeding that's under due process of law and has nothing to do with administration or what people kind of believe or wish to to make um, in their own civil society. It's a it's a concept of rules for settling disputes that has been around since before the Bible was written. But you can you can find it in the Bible very, very clearly. In fact, the way that I look at the Bible is that the Old Testament is the legislative portion of the Bible. The Old Testament is where God legislates his statutes, you know, and, and most particularly he legislates his statutes to Moses on the side of the mountain. And then the New Testament is where Christ comes in with judicial review and basically shows through example the way that the uh, statutory law of the Heavenly Father is supposed to judicially be um, interpreted and expressed and carried out. Agreed. So then um, I've heard this point thrown around, and I'm not sure if it's valid, but in common law, there is no civil procedure. There is no civil. It's criminal or criminal or not no, common law is not criminal look all right i got an order right here I, I keep it real close to me um this is the order that had greg newman removed from office greg newman was a district attorney and in paragraph six of this order it says a proceeding to remove a district attorney is neither a civil suit nor a criminal prosecution it is an inquiry and thus the rules of civil and criminal procedure do not apply and then if you go down to paragraph 11, it says a proceeding, a proceeding resulting in the removal of an individual from public office must accord the individual due process of law. And if you read that really, really closely, what it's saying is that the rules of civil procedure and the rules of criminal procedure are not due course of law. And, you know, honestly, kind of on its face, you would think that this would be really, really obvious, except for how they... Um, are so deceitful and try and trick us. But, you know, the words and the symbols, because I don't know how far you are into your studies, but, you know, kind of the way that I teach people is learn the words first, okay? And once you learn and you think you understand the words, like the way that they're written in a dictionary, like 1828, um, once you understand that pretty well, then start breaking the words down to learn them, because each word is kind of like a sentence. 
so you have a prefix, a suffix, you know, and then the root of the word. And if you look at the meaning of all of those different things, you're going to get a very different meaning from words. And I'm just going to give you one example, and that's defendant, right? So what, what does it mean if I said I was going to defund you? What would that mean? Um, I mean, to me, it would protect my interests, protect my... If, if I defund you? Yeah, I mean, you're... Yeah, um, see... What if uh, I dethrone uh, you? What, what do you think that oh, would mean? Oh, dethrone you. Yeah, so what if I defund you? What do you think that means? I take away your take, funds, right? I remove right, your funds, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. so so now that we got the uh, prefix pat down, what if I told you to go fend for yourself for dinner tonight? I have to fend for myself. You have to take care like, of yourself, right? Yeah, so support myself. Yeah, so so what if I tell you to go act like a defendant? Uh, yeah, um, I, I think this simple is going over my head. Right. So it's kind of like Sean was talking earlier, Sean was talking about, you know, doctrine and, and that's a very, very interesting word right there. Like, like indoctrination, right? Yeah. Doctrine indoctrination doctorate right a doctor right. anybody who goes to school to get a doctorate i always say that you know the first two classes that you gotta take when you're going to go get a doctorate is i am god 101 and i am god 102 you know and i i seriously look at the most dangerous thing to our society is intellectualism uh, yes yes sir I, yes um, agreed. Well, and I, uh, just, I was reading, um, the two treaties, um, from two Locke treaties of government, John yeah, Locke. Yeah. Yeah. Are you reading and the first treatise or the second treatise? The first where he's talking about, um, he's having his, uh, debate with himself or trying to over Sir Robert about where, what was the exact intent of God giving Adam rights? Was it inherit? Was it the natural rights, the private? And he kept using the word, um, usurp. I think I'm saying that right. The, um, yeah, usurp. Okay, and so I had seen it multiple times elsewhere, and I, after reading it again there, I uh, black-slawed it and looked it up, <clears throat> and I saw then underneath uh, usurp, it had uh, usurpation, and then uh, franchise usurpation, and it was very interesting um what that definition was was meaning and adding that root or um other part of the word uh, 
the Asian and um, that it was removing or taking away, um, you know, essentially dethroning, but I lost where I was even telling you about that part. I mean, John Locke was an absolutely beautiful philosopher. And, yes. you know, I, I really know him for uh, the two treatises of government. But <clears throat> where he really, really shines is in being the father of psychology. Like if you go to college for any type of psychological degree, you're going to read a lot of John Locke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really love how he breaks down everything and trying to um, just the whole argument he was having with trying to. Um, well, with himself. Just like to a dissect. Lot of what, yeah. Like yeah, a lot of what um, he does is he kind of philosophizes with himself. He debates himself. Uh, you know, to try and find for himself what is true. Right. Well, and I just really appreciate and thought that it was a big part of what, um, at that time, the society and founders were trying to figure out is what is the, how do we set up a structure for passing on the inherent rights or the ruling rights is it going to be just by inheritance who your father was um or is it going to be all of their uh i'd like to wait on that when she's done please i'm sorry he just wishes to go next he was raising his hand okay uh but yeah just if it was to be inherited by who your father was, but what if you have a piece of shit son, you know, um, who doesn't have the good intentions. And if that's the case, then do you have it set up to where it's the people that elect? So it was, I just really um, got sucked into that debate he was having with himself. Well, I mean, I, I actually, absolutely love the two treatises of government the first treatise is of course about the king and does the king have the divine right to rule which of course him writing it back in 1650 said oh yeah the king has the divine right to rule for sure i'm not losing my head because you know john locke came from really humble beginnings but the second treatise is really really profound it's more profound in my opinion and the first treatise is like 400 pages and the second treatise is like 80 pages. You know, it's incredibly short compared to the first treatise. And it, it's very difficult to understand, especially if you read it in the original old English language. But in the second treatise, you know, and he did, he wasn't the one who came up with the best way to form a civil government, you know, secret societies and you know, secret meetings and secret oaths. They've known these things since the time of Athens, you know, and the mystery schools right. of Pythagoras. 
but he he really put it into the English language in a simple, non-complex way and in the spirit of philosophy, which he was absolutely famous for. And what right. I really love in the second treatise is, is not actually um, how to create a civil government because I've studied a lot about civil government. So that part's pretty clear, but actually what to do when your civil government becomes not civil at all. You know, yes. when it becomes when it becomes tyrannical, when it becomes very harmful. Yes. Um, I also like um Blackstone's commentaries of um of the English law. Yes, yes. So but I will. both are approved on our reading list. Do what? Both both are approved on our reading list. You're yes. good. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, I will let Sean go ahead. I'm rather short in response. Um, what they found to keep it alive was the social compact. See, that's, that's where people have fallen short, the collective people. They didn't. They didn't stand in compact in in uh, opposition of immoral legislative acts, tyrannical, tyrannical acts. Um, the compact spells it out and defines clearly the will of the collective population. And so each generation would come up that that kept the legislation alive would would go into the compact and sign the compact, and they would amend the compact as necessary to keep that legislative under a limited power of attorney that kept it alive. So then can I ask, because I've heard uh, this as well, and it just does not uh, sit well or my spidey senses go off, but that there was no social compact. Therefore, the Constitution isn't even for us. I, I'll know you can speak for yourself. Um, so, <laughs> bottom line is this, um, the, the, the Constitution, if you're speaking of 1789, is between political societies that did not include a collective population, as I had said at the onset, which means there was no social compact. And I'm going to show the difference real quick, because it's real easy to understand once you've heard this. A social contract is something that you're entering in the identity granted by a legislation. A social compact is something you're entering in your unalienable identity and the rights thereof. There is a difference between the two. And so you're correct in the Constitution when you, I hear a lot of people say the Constitution. So I'm just going to presume that you're speaking of 1789. I hear that because in law, it's an unwritten Constitution. The Constitution would be that of your nation state. That's the Constitution for you. And I'll of my state. Uh, if there is one in place by the authority of people in compact, that would be the Constitution, correct. Um, and, and if not, then it goes back to the original that was last used. And there would have to be a people in compact, in other words, in population under that Constitution that gives the authority for it. That, that's exactly what I'm doing. 
I'm going back and I'm establishing a population of people in compact that enacts the authority of the legislation and limits that. Without that compact, there's no limits on it. It's an inferior society, and and it's it's uh, slavery, point blank. Right. So, that uh, and when it comes to 1789, you're correct. There was no social compact. That was a social contract. They entered it by the identity given through a legislation without unalienable rights. So then you would look at the hierarchy of law. And if you're created by the authority of a person, you can never naturalize anything higher than a person, which means you have no rights. You only have privileges in that society, which makes it inferior. The Articles Confederation was entirely different. Those 13 nation states was by the authority of compact, and you had rights because you entered it. It derived the authority from the people and their unalienable rights, imaging and rights thereof. So I, well, I tried to make that real short. I, I'm, so glad then, that, I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm sorry, Hannah, I'm going to cut you off no, you right mind. here. Because, you know, getting back to the whole Johnny Depp thing, and before I kicked problems with, with uh, Weirdo off, <laughs> uh, I actually posted up a video um, of TMZ making a motion to keep their ex-employee out of the case. And I'm wondering if anybody watched uh, that that proceeding, and if anybody watched it, I was wondering if they had any type of comments on it. Yep. What's going on? Nothing. I watched it. You got any comments? <laughs> no, I don't. No. Monarch's is like, anybody, I don't have a brain if I only had a brain. I was <laughs> going to ask if anybody had a theory as to why it went down the way it went. As far as that it's And I'm sorry, what, granted. what are we talking about? So in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, a uh, ex-employee of TMZ came in to testify about what he knew dealing with... Um, like Amber Heard turning her face, uh, you know, like Tanisha was talking about earlier, right? And how uh, they got the release of the video that Amber Heard took of Johnny Depp in the kitchen, and um, and of course TMZ did not want him to testify because the entire system set up to protect the wrongdoer and they have valid reason. You know, they're a news media organization. They got to keep their sources confidential. If they start exposing their sources, then people won't feel like they can take things to them that are legitimate anonymous anymore. Um, so that was basically the basis of his argument. He was trying to keep the ex employee out. Uh, was there something else you wish to know? No, I just, think I, what's that? And I said that they failed on it because they tried to do, they tried to stop it, but the judge um, ruled against it. Right. Basically he, re I, I don't look at it as the judge ruled against it. Okay, the, the judge didn't have a decision in that case, and she stated that when she came out and she told the TMZ attorney 
she said, I've looked at all of your arguments and this one doesn't like this one's fruitless. This one's fruitless. Here's one that might have some merit. What do you got to argue? You know, but you better bring something different than what you put in this piece of paper. And my guess is that he brought, actually, I know he brought what he put in the piece of paper because I've seen the documents. So, uh, what, what's your understanding of why it went down the way it did, uh, Tanisha? Oh, I, was, I was actually going to ask Lady. As far as it. That's the same thing. <laughs> that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to blow um, your cover. Glenn put, Glenn put me on my own phone because he wanted his own. <laughs> he was like, I'm leaving. Um, no, it's... <laughs> he wanted his phone back, so he put you, he put me on my own. Um, so I the the TMZ employee or ex employee as he was did not really state anything other than he was tipped off. Um, and the source actually did come from Amber Heard herself. She he, he did she not say that it came from Amber Heard. He they they questioned him right. to the point where they eliminated anybody else it could have come from, but he never said, you know, because exactly. Elaine kept on being like, I'm, I think he's going somewhere. She, never, she was all like on it. He said the source rhymes with Schmamber Curd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, but <laughs> exactly so, uh, like he he was he was very nonchalant. So okay, Tanisha, yeah. why why do you think the court, uh, as you put it, ruled the way that they ruled? And what in what aspect are you asking? Well, you know, when this thing kind of started, you said that the court ruled against TMZ. Um, and obviously I, mean, I have a difference I, of opinion, but that's like okay. The, I mean, that guy know. even emphasized his law firm I when he like, started. Yeah. So I, I'm well, just I wondering why. The reason why they decided to... There's obviously a bad lag. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so I think that the reason why that they al allowed him to continue on with participating in this case, even though TMZ did not want him to whatsoever, is because they did not have relevancy as to why he shouldn't. Um, you know, I think that there was more information that he could have given because they had to rule out probable cause of her being the one that tipped him off, although it didn't even help her case at all. Um, so, and I think Johnny Depp's team's the one that forced them to come, isn't it? Like, they yeah, asked Johnny them Depp's, to come? Yeah, they, like, uh, well, Elaine joined in on the motion to try and keep him out. He, he was a, a witness for Johnny's side, but he wasn't compelled to be there. Well, no, they right. No, they they did because right. he required that they send him a, a subpoena, you know, probably right. so that he could get out of work because he was a video game designer or whatever. 
Right. But they were one of the things they're emphasizing was unless he addresses that, in, you know, on the stand that he's exercising the right, then uh, in which he hasn't done yet. That was what the argument of that attorney. But now if there. Um, it wouldn't really be if he was allowed to continue or to even be um, a witness in the case, it would ultimately come down to not who had the best argument or uh, what the judge felt at that time, but down to that court's rules of evidence. And if in there, what he had to say or what someone was alleging he had to say was admissible or inadmissible. Are y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for the answer? To, I'm sitting, to... so I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is this comes from the word common in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Uh, common law in Great Britain and the United States, the unwritten law, we've heard that before, the law that receives its binding force from immemorial usage and universal reception, in distinction from written or statute law, that body of rules, principles, and customs which have been received from our ancestors and by which courts have been governed in their judicial decisions. And what does that say right there? It says courts have been governed. They're not governing their judicial decisions. They have been governed by this law in their judicial decisions. And if we use deductive logicking, okay, what you can infer from that is that any decisions that don't conform to common law are not judicial, okay? They're administrative or, or quasi-judicial, as, as likes to be called. Uh, the evidence of this law is to be found in the reports of those decisions and the records of those courts. So he gets up there and he's talking about this case law. And what I absolutely love is every single time he's talking about a corporation and a corporation or a trust and a trust. And for the most part, at least twice, he talks about how a man injected himself into the controversy to protect his property rights, okay? And this is the same logic and case law, stare decisis, that he's trying to, you know, get TMZ a fiction from not allowing a man of his own free will who already wrote a declaration to testify in a court of law. And this is why I say that the judicial officer did not rule that he was able to testify. That is the law. The judicial officer was being governed in her judicial decision by the rule of law. Does that make sense? Any questions on that one? Basically, she said, you know the law, you must be tripping. Well, I thought it was hilarious because the attorney says the Supreme Court clearly states that any man has the right. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you really just spell it out like that? <laughs> you mean anybody created in God's image? Any? Therefore, this fiction would like to have a status where standing is needed. Uh, and and reverse the rights of man created in God's image for its own benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But then couldn't you go further and say, well, yeah, the attorney said any man can testify, but who no, the is attorney on... quoting case law from the Supreme Court of Virginia? Right, but it, it said any man. Now, who was testifying up there? Because was it the man or was it the dead man? No, it, it was absolutely the man. It, it was absolutely the man. It was absolutely a man that wrote a declaration to announce his intent on what he was going to testify to. And because of his duties and obligations to the XTMZ person, he used to operate and function in our public society. He could not say Amber Heard did this or Amber Heard did that. So they had to have a process of elimination questions, which went right around the, you know, so it's not that we know that Amber Heard sent him the video. Uh, we do know that Amber Heard turned her face for TMZ. Now, we don't know if Amber Heard told him that. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now from being in criminal enterprises with personal experience. Uh, but typically, when you are in a criminal enterprise, it's all about plausible deniability. So if you know to turn your face for the camera, you have somebody else tell the cameraman when to take the picture. Right. Because otherwise it's criminal. Because it's not criminal until all the parties are knowing and culpable. There's a little detail. If they're standing in an inferior court, it's not by the authority of compact. The only thing that can be heard is the dead man. Well, in any state-created court, the only thing that can be heard is, is the fiction. And, in fact, it's not even heard. It's read. And um, which is why they keep a meticulous record of the proceedings where you have uh, transcripts, word by word. Um, and again, it's, it goes back to whether or not the state's by the authority of people in compact, because in a state that, that's by the authority of people in compact, a rightful state, there's common law courts as well. For the, the living uh, individual in the identity with unalienable rights is heard. Well, a common law court is kind of a, uh, it's, it's kind of misleading because what a common law court is, is it's a court of law. And any court that is not a court of law, and of course, like a court of law, it doesn't have legislatures that legislate it, okay? Uh, the man, the creator, God, Lord, whatever you wish to call him, Allah, you know, Buddha, I, I don't really care. Everybody has a different name. Everybody talks to their creator differently. Blessed be the ones who pray in, in, in the closet. You know, be very wary of the people who pray in public and stand out on street corners pr professing, you know, their uh, their confirmation to God, because that's not what what he requires. Um, 
I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought. What right. Church about? is where I, uh, I don't have to go to church or go to a building. Church is where I make my church. Well, what's on the left and the right side of your head, right next to your eyes? That's your temples, right? Yeah. You see, you know, your body is your temple and your body is what God created for you. You're supposed to take care of it for him. That's what he entrusts you with. So, okay, this is where I was going with it. Anyways, uh, the creator of the universe, whoever put the universe into existence and had planets move around stars and stars move around galaxies and galaxies move around universes, if they could write those type of complex laws that Sir Isaac Newton put into a statutory form when he wrote down the laws of gravity, which is really a theory, a mathematical formula to determine what gravity is going to do in the future, because we still don't know what it actually is. Um, you know, for some type of intellect to have that type of forethought, that type of foresight, you don't think that he would write laws of how people are to interact with each other? and how to solve and, and settle controversies when they come up between his children. Any parent who has two or more children knows that all parents who have two or more children have their own means and methods of solving conflicts between those children. And you think that the Heavenly Father didn't have enough foresight to think about this for his own children? You know, of and, and this did. is... This is what a court of law is, and this is why every other court opposite of a court of law or not a court of law is an administrative court that I agree with Sean on. In an administrative court, you have to compact, you have to contract into it. There has to be some type of social compact, uh, social uh, covenant to proceed in an administrative court, because it's kind of like coming before Solomon, right? Everybody has to agree we're going to allow this individual to settle these matters. Right, consent. In order for it to be a, a right court, that's correct. It would have to be by compact. To be an inferior, it can be by contract only. That's what you're looking at. That's what took over in 1789 and everything since then. So then can you define for me a court of law because i think no. i know what it is but i um hear it all the time there is no court of law not anymore i i, I can tell you basically that there's no court of law you know now, and i can tell you go ahead why do you say that i'm glad you asked <laughs> i thought so <laughs> Here's why I say that is because I've been teaching law for, I've been teaching law on the internet for four and a half years now. Okay. It wasn't exactly my idea. And a little less than a year ago, we had a pretty good group put together where I was trying to explain to everybody what a court of law was. And even though most of the people in this group had been following the group, for I would say roughly a year to two years, you know, they, they kind of joined at different times. Um, but with these people following with the express intention to understand and know what a court of law is, and this is absolutely devastating, 
to my faith in humanity when it happened. But most of those people, or at least half of those people, chose to follow an administrative authoritarian dictatorship than to voice their own opinion and a vote and speak from their heart about what they thought and knew to be right, even if they thought I was wrong. You know, like that's the mm -hmm. whole idea of having a court of law. That's the whole idea of being able to come out here with each other and talk to each other like um, Tanisha and myself have tonight, where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, you can have a different opinion from me. You can have a different belief from me. I'm not going to ridicule you for it. You know, that's cool. You do you and I'll do me. And, and that's basically the one of the fundamental principles of what a court of law is when if you listen to me uh, enough <laughs> you know what you're really going to find is that when i'm helping people i'm i never tell people to go into court and fight which is why what steve-o was talking about in the chat was absolutely absurd to me it, you know because it's like dude it, if you're gonna try and insult us if you're gonna try and say we don't know what we what we're doing or this and that, at least do it with something that kind of makes sense, you know, but you're coming saying that we're hostile, but you're being hostile to us. And the only thing I really teach people how to do, no matter how bad their circumstances is to go into court and try and work it out. You know, right. Hey, we must have some type of confusion. You must believe I'm a person instead of made in God's image. You know, right. you must believe that I uh, signed on to your social compact or I contracted into this course somehow. How do we figure this out to where you can go that way and I'm going to take my happy booty that away? <laughs> right. Um, then, oh, so why you say there is no court of law anymore? Well, I mean, I'm telling you, like, out of a group of, you know, I mean, I would say we probably had 25 people regularly, you know, and like right now we have 11 people. It's, But it was kind of difficult because we had to switch over from talk shoe, you right. know, and not everybody who would get on talk shoe. First of all, not everybody who would get on talk shoe would actually be in the studio, you know, like people wanted to watch without being known. They wanted to watch with anonymity. And then not all of the people who got on to talk shoe actually have this forum that we have here tonight. So, so that kind of hurts, but, but, you know, even when it was going down, I, I would say we probably got a little over half of the people, but that's still roughly half of the people who would rather be administrated, who would rather have people tell them who's going to be in their group and kick people right. out for no reason and, right. you know, be told and be governed and, and, uh, in their affairs, then people who really want to stand up for what a court of law actually is. And these are people who are personally invested with trying to produce a court of law in society. It, you know, so if they can't hold, and this was actually one of my biggest arguments, and that was, if we can't hold a court of law here amongst ourselves as participants on an internet, 
then we got no business trying to go and tell other people what it is. You know, we got no business right. trying to go and show it to other people. If we can't do it here amongst ourselves in agreement, you know, working it out civilly by talking with each other. Yeah. Debating. We got, yeah. So, and if we can't do that and we're actively trying, and I've been actively trying for many years now, you know, with Oracle, Monarch, and Glenn, and... Nico yeah. and Alan, you know, but well, it, and I watched your video with um, oh, someone I can't remember their name. It was right before they, it was a father, uh, right before they arrested him, but he went into court and had this whole um declaration and um, he had a charge. Yeah, you're talking uh, about Philip Kent. About, yes. About Philip Kent, yeah. He, yes, he got arrested I, for taking his kids camping. Yes, and I just absolutely loved um, where he was asking the judge, um, you know, that he's bringing forth uh, action and the yeah, court See, he, he wasn't asking the judge if he was bringing forth an action. He said, right. this is a court of law, right? Yeah, if it's a court of law, then I got an action. You have to hear it, and he no, you, you it don't and have said, to hear it. You, then, you do not personally have to hear it. In fact, you can't hear it in a court of law. A jury can, right? Of but my you got to entertain it. You got to stop moving against me until a jury can hear it, because she's an attorney. She is representing a client, which by very definition means she is a fiction of the law. I'm a man. I got rights. I'm saying they did atrocious stuff to me. I'm verifying it right here and now. And the reason that the uh, judicial officer would not, would not allow him, he wouldn't even entertain the idea, is because he knew all it would take is two or three sentences. All of the evidence was already upon the record of the court. Exactly. <laughs> like all of the and proof. Yes. Um, um, it, it's so the exact I, same reason they arrested Baba when I went up with them back in 2018. is because they knew with how this case was set up, with what we were doing, all Baba had to do was say two or three sentences and in open court, on the record, and by law, they would have had to have taken Masagi's bond and hand it to Baba, and they would never do that. They, they would rather throw us in jail, you know, Baba for standing up and saying that woman's not my attorney and y'all are moving against my property without my consent, and me just helping them. <laughs> Right. May I ask what those two or three sentences would have been if he was allowed to, or what? I, I don't remember. That was four and a half years ago. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'll go ahead and give you a general direction, and that is he was going to execute a contract. Uh, you know, okay. like, like we're in contract with one another, you're in contract with me, not by consent, but through your actions. 
you know, because the way that I like, I like to set up contracts for people the same way judicial officers do. This is why they absolutely hate me is because I do it better than they do. And uh, basically the way I like to set up contracts for people is that I go ahead and choose an action that I know you're very likely to take. And I go ahead and make that part of the consideration. Okay, so that when you take that action and it becomes the consideration, it also becomes acceptance of the contract. And then I can move against you to execute it. Okay, that makes sense. So then, um, I guess if if you were wronged, if you were uh, trespassed against, and you were wanting to seek relief, how would you go into court and uh, assert oh, um, that you? It, a lot of stuff depends on how you were wrong how you wish to seek relief. What we talk about here on this show, we talk about common law and we talk about it mainly in the way of legal court procedure, okay? But in the realm of common law, that procedure is almost so insignificant that that is kind of funny. Um, so I'll just give you an example, okay? A father comes home and sees a boy or even a young man raping his daughter, he feels wronged. How do you think he takes care of that in a court of common law? Do you think that he actually drags him down to a county courthouse? No. He gets out the shovels. I was going to say, I wouldn't even uh, dare relocate. <laughs> relocate Dude, that sounds like too under. much work. I, I'm just going to call the cops afterwards, put a knife in and say, I don't care. I uh, agreed. Agreed. Um, so what, what I'm saying is that there's a lot of different courts. Like court is 24-7, 365. You are holding court all of the time. What a court is, like by very definition, it, it's the suit of the sovereign and his retinue, okay, or her retinue. I, I don't really care, um, but we're not going transgender here. It's either his or her. <laughs> it's not oh, his yes. or her. <laughs> and, uh, it, but, um, you know, basically it's the king or it's the queen and whatever action they have and their retinue, the, the, the courtiers. Um, so historically, like, uh, for instance, a, a very, very big common law court historically from the Anglo-Saxon history would be, uh, you know, trial by duel, right? Like, we're going to fight to the death. Oh, yes. Uh, right? Trial by combat. Um, a, another one, I was actually talking about this earlier today, would be trial by testimony, right? So, so there's like, I think there's 12 different ways to hold a common law court. And only one of them is, is what you would think about 
right? Where you go into a civil court structure and you put witnesses on the stand and you have a jury deliberate, you know, but most of them are like trial by ordeal, trial by fire, trial by combat, trial by testimony. Trial by testimony is where, you know, and of course this was back in the day where only man had rights, not, not woman. And, um, you know, but it was basically that you brought 12 true and lawful men to the courthouse and all of them testified that you couldn't possibly do, like they know your character, they know who you are, they're willing to put their name online for you and they couldn't possibly see you doing those things, you know? And the reason that this actually came up this afternoon is because I was like, shoot, I haven't counted the witnesses, but I'm pretty sure that Johnny could have gotten away with trial by uh, testimony. You know, I, I know for a fact, Amber couldn't have. There was over a dozen in the closing that, that uh, Camille listed. Yeah, but I, I don't know if all of them would count. Oh, maybe. So again, I'm sorry, I missed part of that. A trial by testimony, it's 12 people that come yeah, in and that's a jury. give testimony. Right. And it's not 12 people, it's 12 oh. true and lawful. It, oh. you know, it's basically 12 upstanding members of the social compact that we have in our in our own society. Right. Because it's pretty anyway. hard to get 12 people. You know, I mean, without paying them, but exactly, exactly. In, in which law, is... you're, you're not going to perjure yourself. Like, do you know what would happen if you perjured yourself like way back in the day? Do you know what the punishment what? was like, like the true and lawful punishment of perjury? Um, would, uh, no, but I like the hanging, uh, at noon till. No, they, they would cut off your nuts. That's why they call it testimony. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's why only men, you know, testiclamony. Uh, because because if you lied, well, yeah, and if you lied and if your word was no good, they didn't want your children either. Right. My word is my bond. That's right. Yeah. And I ain't breaking either one of them for nobody. be a woman in town now. I'm sorry. Oh, you check your privilege, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was a bad joke. Lady, I what did I you never say? been so excited to be a woman until now. <laughs> y'all just, right. just a man with a womb. <laughs> yeah. Family court's the same way. They still clip us there, you know. Oh, like yes. Family court there. Uh just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so then let me ask you this. What's your uh, take on um, um, fighting the, or not fighting, but uh, the argument of unwed birth parents versus divorced or if you're married um, parents fighting custody? As strange as this might seem, having full custody, I think custody should be 50 50. In fact, like, I, no, I, would, I would be so, willing I'm to sorry. be 50 50 if I could trust. Let me, let me clarify then. Um, birth parents are on the same side. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, they are not fighting each other. For so, Earth parents are adversarial to non-married parents. You said there's two two sets of parents. Yes. No, 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 no. So there's one set of parent. You know, like if um the state or even a person is you're talking adopted uh, no okay uh my sister uh drugged me into court and for guardianship over my daughters and my um their father uh me and him are together and we are unwed so we have literally a person Seeking guardianship against us. It's not even the state. What, what's their vested, like? What's their vested yeah. interest? That that's what I would ask the court. Right. Oh, How do they have well, a higher they say, Exactly. Exactly. Um, what was that? How do they have a higher claim over your offspring? How do they have yeah. a higher vested interest? Yeah, I mean, what's their vested interest? I mean, not even what's their higher vested interest. Let's just start off with right, what's yeah. your vested interest at all. Well, they, so um, reality is a financial, but as far as what they say and submit to court, their interest is to protect the children from substantial harm no no i didn't ask you what the children's interest was i asked you what's your interest what did you invest into my child like i carried this little thing around with me for nine months of my belly before it even saw the light of day way you, you don't do? have the right to speak for my offspring and what their safety requirements may or may not be. What is your vested interest? How yeah, is this not, not what's their vested you? interest? Right. Yeah. How is this your business? How do you even have a standing in front of me right now? Not status. Right. Not I was status. About to ask the same question. How, yeah. Because how would they even have the right to even do that in the first place, considering that they don't have any standing um, rights? at all because no, well, I can tell you how they did child, it. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're, they're We're, rights. You, you don't even have privileges. the jurisdiction. We're not even going there, but like but they petitioned we the are court unwed. to assume jurisdiction over your it, persons and and well, the wards can, of the court. Yes, and that's what they have done. But even by the words of the court, all the statutes you are citing pertain to um, parents, to married, uh, state-registered domestic um, relationship. There is nothing there that covers unwed birth parents that are on the same team. So what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, you Sorry. don't have to it's be It's just married. like... A, okay, no. but the, did you sign a birth certificate? Did you, did you sign a birth certificate? No. Does the child so there have is a no social birth security number? Child. That means the state so, doesn't own this. Um, right. Hey, but whoa, 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 whoa. The state doesn't own them anyways. They own a birth yeah. certificate. They own a social security card. They do not own action. my little man in training. Yeah, God exactly. help the motherfucker that thinks they do. 
Yeah, it's right. here, here, here. Um, so for we have two daughters. My youngest um, was born July uh, almost uh, last year, and at the hospital there was that acknowledgement of parentage that you sign and fill out, and that's what's going to be on the birth certificate but you are supposed to um, sign it at the hospital, witnesses there, a nurse or a notary, and then you submit it to the Department of Health and they will issue you a birth certificate. I'm now, gonna tell you something right now with the birth certificate argument, it's just a precursor to what's already happening. Here's your example of no law. I didn't even have time to get to a certificate if I wanted to with my last removal. They don't care. They were there four hours after she gave birth. I delayed them for about 72 hours without signing anything. And they still oh, did it. it. That's my point. They still did it because I have the document that the nurse took and said it was a social security application or whatever and it is a complete yeah. fraud i mean i could make a better document but if well, they i'll tell you the historical trace a, the historical trace of how they got mine is even though i didn't sign anything that time i signed a driver's license at one point i signed exactly. a uh you know I, I joined the military at one point i have right. a birth certificate i got legally married at one point and there's your cursor right there for most people, but right. at some point well, in time, so, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I established joinder and I and I maintained that joinder. I never, Let, I never let's, broke that joinder. Let's let's talk about that right there, because it, it's it doesn't necessarily matter whether you have a driver's person, whether you have a married person. <clears throat> you know, the different never, persons that you may or may not have don't necessarily matter. In a court of law, what really matters is whether the court has gained joinder between right. the man or the woman and the person that they wish to administrate. Are you are you acting in a way that their presumption is correct? Have no. you shown them and expressed clearly that they are mistaken? That's the, the point. Oh, is you, there are I'm legal sorry. persons, but have you isolated yourself from them? when necessary have i isolated myself from them them being like if you go in there and say you're <coughs> them uh, being the mother persons that were created for you by the state right if you or if you by show up to traffic court right if you show up to traffic court you're presumed to be a driver you show up to family court you're presumed to be a mother or father not mom or dad so I showed up to family court to um, object and rebuke and, um, you know. Challenge jurisdiction I, and all that Exactly. Stuff. Making, yeah, exactly. Since day one, that is what I have done. And I have special appeared or, a, you know, um, um, that I'm showing up hey, to. Hey, Hannah. Yeah. Hannah, what? What is an example of a special appearance for you? Showing up to court against my will because you're threatening me with a cage. 
Uh, okay, how do you present that to the court? Uh, okay. Um, by stating that or something along those lines without crossing the bar? What, like by without, speaking. With your actual voice? Yeah. You don't put it in writing at all? Oh, no, I do both. Okay. So Good. what does the writing look like? Because I'm going to tell you right now, they're in the second dimension. They're in the dimension of fiction. You're in the dimension of a real world, the third dimension of time and space and depth and height. So how do you explain to them in the second dimension that you're making a special appearance? Um, I always had that I, a woman, am special appearing, remaining at arm's length to the court to challenge subject matter and personal jurisdiction. That's how I started everything I ever wrote. Okay, it's getting pretty late. So I'm just going to break this down for you and kind of explain it real quick. And I really hope you come out on next week's call. Sound good? Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Do you want to know how I would write a special appearance? I would love to. I am man. In fact, I have written a special appearance that just said I am dot, dot, dot. Because I got it from there. Okay. When you say I am woman and you say... I appear special, right? You're, you're speaking in a language that they kind of understand. Mm -hmm. and, and they know exactly what you're trying to do. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, let's face it. They're all pirates and crooks. So, <laughs> they are. So what, what they're saying is that you're speaking in their language. You are contracting with them. They offered you consideration. You want to know what that consideration was? No. You don't want to know? Okay. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not. <laughs> okay, that, that consideration is, is that they are offering you a legal process, right? Okay. And you are showing up and you're saying, I'm here special and I'm here to challenge the subject matter and uh, personal jurisdiction, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's why I would not do that. And that is because subject matter and personal jurisdiction is defined by a legislative act. It's basically where the legislature sits amongst themselves in their great, awesome doctrine of the doctrination. And they mm -hmm. say, hey, I got this great idea. Why don't we say we have personal jurisdiction over anybody who has a child. Hey, that sounds like a great idea. And we'll put the subject matter, you know, over the child and uh, over the person. We'll give it boundaries of territorial jurisdiction like this. We're going to carve out. County line. Yeah. Yeah. They were born here, so we have jurisdiction. Uh, obviously, we have control and authority over them, which is what jurisdiction means. So. You see, like, I, I actually talk about this a lot. Anybody who's ever worked with me personally will tell you that. I always say this because almost everybody 
talks about challenging jurisdiction, right? And they, they talk about it the way you're talking about. You know, I go in there, I challenge subject matter, I challenge uh, personal jurisdiction. You know, honestly, if you wish to challenge anything, you would wish to challenge like in personum. Um, but we're not going to get into that because I don't speak Latin. Uh, but what I would do if I were you, and I'm not telling you what to do, but I would go in there and I would say, where's your claim? Yeah. Like, I'm a man, I'm here, you called me here on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, your wise word. <laughs> right. So, so no. where's the claim that brought me here? Because that's the very first thing. See, I'm not going to ask you if you believe you have personal or subject matter jurisdiction over me. I'm going to say for you to even conceivably, maybe possibly in some realm of imagination, have jurisdiction over me, not personal or subject matter, but just plain old jurisdiction, like in a court of law, the first thing you have to have, the very first one, is a claim. So why don't we get the claim on the record, and then we can move to the next step. Right, right. and that has been in um, a state or in a degree in my, uh, from the first thing document I submitted as a response, but every hearing that is how, uh, that is what, uh, we put on the record. It is the first arguments, the first words, um, out of our mouth and every time we challenge that and even keep uh, so, demanding that question like um are you challenged where? i challenge your jurisdiction this type that type whatever type because if you're challenging yeah. their jurisdiction you're acknowledging that they have jurisdiction and you don't think they should but it's I, up to well, them the burden is on them to to establish jurisdiction actually the burden well, is on the them burden to make is up the, the petitioner yeah it's they are you hey, are up let there me tell you something hey hannah yep. i'm gonna stop yep. you right there okay you said the burden is on the petitioner right yes but there's a clear the burden is on the petitioner to show the court would have jurisdiction to hear the matter no no well the court cannot have jurisdiction over a petitioner okay like you cannot pray to the court so hard that I have to give up my rights. It can't happen. The court's assuming it based on their belief what, that they but, can. Or, or based on actually, what petitioner... What, what, what's the thing that you were talking about earlier? They are usurping the jurisdiction. They're not even assuming. They're straight up usurping. Okay, there, there's a big difference there. Um, so, but... Yeah, I mean, a petitioner, and I'm just going to say this clearly for the record, a petitioner cannot get jurisdiction straight up because they don't have a claim. They only have a prayer. Agreed. If you, if you have a prayer, if you are praying to your gods, to your statutes, there is no amount of praying that you can do to your gods or your statutes that will force me in law to give up my unalienable rights. 
Right. But it's um the petitioner they if they are starting the the action yes and no they're in, not starting an action it's not actionable your right, prayers right. are not actionable they're praying to their god to do something about you you know but they, it's like i can't pray to god and say hey make this person my slave you know? and, and in fact, like you, you've heard like never take the Lord's name in vain, right? Oh, of course. I grew like, up. Like, don't that, say yeah. G D U. Yeah. Right. Okay. Do you, know, do you know where that tradition comes from? Like, do you know the origins of that tradition? No, I would think it has something to do with uh, God isn't written or um, in in hebrew is it i don't know but um no i don't know the origins i can only assume actually you can only presume unless you wish to bear liability would you like don't to know minutes <laughs> never mind go ahead would you like to know the origins? I would. I would love to. <laughs> okay, so it, it's really, really simple. The Old Testament starts off like this. You, you remember how I was talking at the beginning about uh, how the Old Testament is the legislation, is yes. the statues of the Creator, and then the New Testament is Christ coming down and giving judicial review over it. So th this is the very, very first thing. In the beginning is the Word, right? Mm -hmm. So your words have meaning, they have power. And Correct. What, what they're saying, like what the Heavenly Father, what the Creator is saying, when he's saying that don't use his name in vain, you know, don't use his name for your own selfish vanity. Okay? See, because when people first came down to this miserable little third rock from the sun or whatever you want to call it. it, you know, like they had these feelings and these emotions that they weren't awakened to before. Kind of like people are awakening to these feelings and these emotions that they didn't know 10 years ago, how people are right. starting to see through the lies of the system and the, the you know, government corruption, whatever. And Amber Turt's testimonies. And uh, what he was saying was, you know, when your neighbor comes over and kills your sheep, don't ask me to damn your neighbor. Because when you say something and you use my name, you're talking to me kind of like if I say, hey, Hannah, how was your last court experience? You know, I was talking to you, right? Right. So he's saying, don't ask me to go do your dirty work. That's not what I'm here to right. do. I love all my children. Right. You see? Yeah. Because it's all about thoughts, ideas, beliefs. And, you know, if you go and look up like a thought, like a thought is a noun, right? Your feelings are nouns. So one of the best things that Carl Lentz ever really taught me, one of the best things I ever picked up, he, he was like, and, and this just put it in a whole different world for me, but he was like, um, how many persons do you have? Right? Right. So how many persons do you have? 
Well, the one. No, you, you have too many to count. Like, like you have one person, like with a capital P, and that is your body. Uh, okay, your body and your person are synonymous. Um, I, I agree with that 100%. But outside of your bo body, like your dead meat suit that you walk around. Exactly. Exactly. My body is not my soul. This is no, just a meat sack. That's right. You know, that's what the Holy Trinity is, mind, body, soul. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so, but how, how many persons do you have? Person or persons? Persons. Everybody has persons. I don't, uh, um, I don't know. I've never been you have an that question. amount of persons, just like you have an unlimited amount of rights. Now, think about this for a minute. What different types of persons do you have? Because most people who join these calls and join these shows, what they're sitting here talking about is they're talking about their legal persons, right? They're talking about mm -hmm. their MasterCard person, their Visa person, their American Express person that they're not wishing to pay off, you know? Right, not um, their natural. Well, some people talk about the natural person, but the natural person is a legal term to define your body, which is your person with the capital P. My it's monarch the, persons. Uh, so, well, so then monarch, I would say my God-given person. Well, that would be your body, right? Like, like the Creator gave but you that would, meat suit, didn't He? <laughs> well, would it have been the meat sack or your soul? No, Who you are. <laughs> well, see, your soul, and, and this is just my opinion right here, but you went there. So, and, and I know that I have disagreements with people, some of them even on this call right now. But here's the way that I define definitively the difference between, say, your soul and your spirit. And that is your soul is not yours. It's the creator living within you. And the best you can do with your life is recognize it and allow it to flow through you and try to get as much of that soul as you possibly can. And of course, the spirit is something different. That is the energy of life that gives you breath. You know, like you hear in yes. literature all the time, they have an evil spirit right? Yeah. You never hear they have an evil soul. You hear they are soulless. Yeah. Right. You that, know, they yeah. are without soul. They are without the creator in their heart. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and, and of course, again, just to take it back, you know, the Trinity is mind, body, and soul. It's not and spirit. Right. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the creator, which is the part of you that is your soul, because you don't own your soul. You can't sell your soul. Right. That's a misnomer. Right. You don't have jurisdiction. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it. That was the last. Um, well, but, one of hey, the last hearings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. let, let's go back for a moment because yes. you didn't really answer my question. I and know I did, is, and I was uh, doing that on purpose. <laughs> you were uh, way out. 
<laughs> politic in her way, that's for sure. You know what a politic is? <laughs> An annoying tick. <laughs> no, it's multiple bloodsuckers. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so, anyways, we call those but, leeches. <laughs> or multiple ticks. <laughs> At least two uh, or more. <laughs> right. You know, kind of like Polly. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's really fun to get high on these word games you know what i it mean is. like i i tell people all the time i'm like i used to get people high on marijuana and now i get them high on thoughts and ideas right, <laughs> right. It, yes, it's really not all that different. so but but again and, and i don't wish for you to think that you know i'm trying to beat up on you here i'm really trying to teach you something and in these idea and spirit of that like you know if you wish to give up and just have me give you the answer yield at any time but what are some of your different types of persons well first of all um i don't take any of it as beating up and appreciate it and um can't give up and have you give me the answer because how could you give me the answer for how i perceive myself that being okay, said, today, I will present uh, the answer before you to for you to accept. <laughs> well, because you know what they say about assumptions. <laughs> You're just making asses of you and me. Well, that's for uh, sure. No, hey, touche. That was really, really good wordplay right there. You got yeah, me. You like that? Yeah, yeah it. nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I would Taking say Monarch's that... catchphrase there. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> He's been um, listening. <laughs> I have, yes. I take notes too. <laughs> um, I, I would think for myself that I have multiple. I wouldn't know how many or to put a number on it, but I do believe that there's we, different. We've already, we've already settled that they're countless, right? Like, like yeah. that you have an unenumerated amount of persons. You have more persons than I could possibly conceive of. And I can state that as a fact, you know? Yes, it is a well-established fact. Um, so then what was the question? What are some of the different types of persons you may have? Um, I have a artistic person. That's a good person to have. I have an artistic person myself. In fact, I actually look at the stuff I do right here as artistic in my persons. Yes. Um, I have a, uh, intellectual persons. You I have, have an a, intellectual persons. Yes. Why did you say that all weird? Like. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that's another good person to bring. Oh, up. okay. Okay. Persons. Curious persons person. of thought, right? Yeah. Yes. Um. Like, um, like I'm sure you have a philosophical person too, kind of like John Locke, and how he was yes. talking to himself, right? 
because I've, I've stated this many times on this call, and that is to truly understand the legal society, you have to be a paranoid schizophrenic with multiple personality disorders, and you have to be able to name and give a personality to each one of those persons that your multiple personality possesses. Yes. Um my kind of people, I like to say. Um, I have a spiritual person's, not and a religious, a, a spiritual. And a soulful one. See, I used to say spiritual a lot too, but now I realize I'm full of soul, right? Like I'm not spiritual, like, like I do have a spirit. It helps me move. It makes me wake up in the morning. But I'm full of soul because all I do with my life is ask for the creator to bless me. And it, the soul that I have is not mine. You know, like it, it's entrusted yeah. to me from my father, from your father, from our father. Right. Well, and um, uh, a humble one. And I guess my biggest is uh, uh, selfless giving. I would rather give the shirt off my back than keep it, you know, um, if there was one shirt and two people, me and another, uh, I would give up. Oh, I'd be like, them. we can both get under this. <laughs> yep. Back to back, buddy. We'll okay, stay warm without way, especially the if food. it's getting cold. <laughs> you know, if we're living out in the desert like Monarch, I might be like, oh, yeah, you can take my shirt. <laughs> right? See, I just, gave you, now you give to me. <laughs> just don't stretch my neck hole. <laughs> So, so, hey, I, I'm really glad that you entertained me with that. You know, like, I'm really glad that you persevered um, because it really says a lot about your character. But I'm just going to go ahead and drop a couple of examples, you know, because you have done so well at using your own imagination, imagination, yeah. you yeah. know, to, to satisfy the uh, trials and tribulations before you having to come up with your own original thoughts, with your own original ideas about what your person is and how you'll describe, right? My interpretation. Yeah, like right on the spot. Like you didn't think about that before. You didn't wake up this morning and say, JC's going to ask me what my persons are. I don't see <laughs> that. That is not him. how I saw this going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and lay out what Carl said. And that was, he was like, do you have a happy person? A sad person? See, you have a whole realm of emotional persons, just emotional persons, which emotional persons is that character of persons or the type of character that I was really trying to get out. And of course you said intellectual and, um, what was the other one you said? Artistic. Artistic. You see, so you're you're taking it back to the sciences. Hey, Monarch, do you mind doing me a favor of looking up the definition of science, uh, specifically the seven arithmetics, uh, you know, in Webster's 1828 and the last uh, definition? Yeah, because I'm you're, curious, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're going back to the original science, not the science of Dr. Fauci, 
Okay. But, okay, because I was about to say you threw out science and I almost just left this call. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's just because everybody does like people don't know the words they speak. They don't know the spells they're spelling, right? Yes, yes. Okay, see, see, like saying the science is kind of like saying administration, right? Like, yes. like ministering or ministration or menstruation, like none of us would be here without menstruation, right? Right. Or like I got science. Yeah, yeah, but I'm losing the, signal or something. Am I breaking up? No, no you're fine. Huh, weird. Okay. You wanted science, you said? The last definition was seven... Whatever. There's seven of them. Uh, there's five. Let's hear it. There's, uh, the fifth one is... one. Okay, one of seven liberal branches of knowledge. Boom! Whoa. One of seven liberal branches of knowledge. Yep. Yeah. Viz grammar, logic, rhetoric, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music. Um, would you one more time go through those? It, I broke it's, up, huh? It's no, I, I got it. You got a little bit of back feed, brother. I don't know what's going on with your microphone. Um, Hannah, it is grammar, logic. So logic would be the intellectual one. Basically, mm -hmm. all of these would be artistic. So grammar, logic, rhetoric, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music. And rhetoric, what uh, example of... Of rhetoric? Mm -hmm. I can entertain the absurdities that you talk about without actually believing them myself. It's John Locke talking to himself to philosophically express an idea to other people who don't have his state of mind. Okay, okay. It's... Um, it's uh, King James writing... Um, demonology six years before he authorized the King James edition of the Bible, where, where the entire book is literally the same type of philosophical discussion over witchcraft. Yeah. That was... Um, okay. It's, it's being able to entertain an idea without accepting right. it as true. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, so, you, hey, Monarch, can you maybe mute yourself? So, um, Is that me? Yeah, that's you. So, uh, so actually, science. So science. That's where you were going, that with the persons. Yeah, I'm just getting some reverb. So I don't think it was Monarch because he is muted out. I'm just probably going to have to go here in a second. Um, yeah, well, I mean, what I was getting at is, is those were the types of persons that you were describing. 
Okay, but right. like you know, so you have the your personality person. So like um a person literally comes from the word persona, right? Yes. And, and yes. that could be an easier way of actually recognizing and dealing with the multiple personalities we all have within each other, right? Because yeah. the way that I look at myself is that you know, because I try to embody the spirit of the Heavenly Father, it, it's not me. Like, I'm not here for myself. I am here to participate in your hallucination. Right. right? And, and I am here to be the best participant that I can be while this is going on, as long as I am not violating myself in the process. Right. I'm not here with my own plan or my own direction, I guess. That's, you know, how I feel about it anyways. It's a, uh, oh, I'm not you. here on my own personal gain. You know, this is, uh, I'm here for something else to assist well, I mean, I, I feel you. It's like the way that I've described um, free will numerous times is that free will for me is really this simple. And that is, you know, I have the free will of my own free choice to search for my, my own soul, the soul that the creator has given me, the soul that fulfills me and feeds me in life. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. um, or I can live for myself and be selfish and have my own ideas and try to create my own experience. But through going through those two different like processes and steps, I can go ahead and tell you which one's more comfortable. And that is just giving myself over to the creator and saying, it's not my life, it's yours. I didn't right. bless what do you have me. for me today? No, not what do you have for me today. What can I do for you today? Yes, yes. How can I carry your law forward? How can I carry your wishes forward? Because without you, I'm nothing. Right. Do you, do you have a speaker going uh, by chance? Me? Yeah. No, I'm on headphones, but I've been on the same headphones sitting here from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I honestly think it's from it's, my end because it seems to happen with me more than anyone else. And I'm really, I don't hear anything. Lucky. Quit bragging. <laughs> well, get better headphones. <laughs> so, so you have your emotional persons, right? Your your happy person, sad person. You have your artistic persons, your scientific persons, and, and now that we know what science truly is, not the science, but science. Because right. science cannot be defined, it, you know. When, when you start calling it the science, it's like taking ministering to people, 
and turning it into administration, right? Yes. Yeah. Science it's like is today, a very loose term thrown out there, and that is not. Today, the science is wear a mask. Tomorrow, it's don't wear a mask. But the every day, science, science today, is science. It's wear whatever I say it is. <laughs> right. You can't question my science. That's why it's called the science. Yep. Right. Well, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I love it when um, that psychologist, the Yale Harvard professor psychologist, was on the stand, and Ben Chu was all like, "Aren't you a fellow member of the ABA or whatever?" A member, and, and he said, I'm a fellow. No, no, Ben told him he was a fellow. Okay. Yeah, that, that was straight up Ben. He told him he was a fellow. Um, but, you know, he was talking, he, he said something about, isn't it the procedure? And, and the guy was just as far as, he was like, it's a procedure. It's not the <laughs> procedure. I was just like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> So, anyways, you have these emotional persons, you have these charismatic persons, you have these artistic persons, then you have these legal persons, right? Correct. But out of the repertoire of persons you have, what percentage of them do you think are legal? Legal or lawful? Did I say Le lawful? Did I ask lawful? Oh, damn. No, sir, you did not. Oh, uh, so you must think I'm stupid and I don't know what I'm saying. No, I'm just teasing. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no one has authority over me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's good for us to be clear, you know, yes. but I'm, I'm just saying, like, most people come on these shows because they're concerned about their legal persons, right? Right. And uh, out of the repertoire of persons that you possess within you, upon you, beholden for you, how many of those are legal persons? Like what percentage? If you just had to guess. Uh, none. Or a 1% because most of my persons are not the legal statutory persons that society has been. Exactly. They're, they're not imagined persons, right? No. Like, because like, for a legal person to exist, the way that they come into existence is through the imagination. So I'm just going to give you a really, really good example, and that is Costco. Like somebody had to come up with the idea of a club, of a private club membership to save people money called Costco. How clever. Cost. <laughs> yeah, Cut cost. The cost. So, you know, Nailed like it. we're going to cooperate <laughs> with you on cutting the cost. It's so clever. You know, and I mean, that that's why they're billionaires and I'm still living out of my mom's room over the garage. <laughs> uh, but 
you know, like they have to imagine the person. They have to create the person. They have to conceive the person. So there are only going to be a limited amount of those persons. And because we have already established that you have an unlimited amount of persons, then I'm going to go ahead and on that basis with you, I'm going to argue that it's not even 1%, right? Because yeah. how do you determine 1% of infinity? 1% of exactly. infinity is infinity. Right. How can you come up with a number from a unlimited, from a numberless? Exactly. And you definitely can't come up with a percentage. You know, and this is, the crazy, this is the crazy thing about infinite numbers, right? Is because... We know that there is a number of infinity. They have a mathematical equation for it, okay? But then you start to think about it, and you think about the number one and the number two, and then when you add a decimal point, there is an infinite amount of numbers between the two. No pun intended. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you, you see how it works, you know, because it's, it's, it's all a thought concept. This is what they actually taught in law school when they really taught law. They didn't teach, um, you know, statutes and rules of civil procedure and regulations. They thought they taught how to think. And how, how to, to write and your own ideas. No, yes. they left how to write all up to you. But what they did teach you is they taught you to persevere. They taught you to do the things that you have done tonight. Question. You have thought for yourself. You have persevered. You have overcome. You would not give up. No, there's no giving up when you... No, you're right. See I know. it, you know. <laughs> there's uh, no, uh, you can't uh, give up. I believe there is a better um, tomorrow. And see, I don't believe there's a better tomorrow. I know there's a better yeah. tomorrow. You know, and, and even if tomorrow is really, really crappy. I know there's a better tomorrow because I know where I'm going after I leave. This crappy place is way better than here exactly. because here I'm almost in prison. Like I can't get outside of my body. Right. This is a temporary meat sack, but it is meat not. Meat not meat sack. Why? Meat I like meat sack. <laughs> you like meat sack? I don't know. Sack just sounds kind of, I don't know. Sounds kind of weird. Exactly. Well, exactly why that's walk better. around. A sack rolls around. <laughs> well, a suit is just a dressed-up uniform that hides uh, what's really inside. <laughs> Your sausage persons. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. The suit is the root word to suit her. Yeah. Uh, I wish to think of myself as a suitor. You know, you may wish to think of yourself as a sutress. I don't know. Oh, I yeah. think of yourself as a suitor. 
anyways, I'm going to think about myself taking my happy booty to bed. <laughs> Thank you for coming out. I hope you come out next week. I hope everybody who came out tonight comes out next week. It was, has been an awesome show. The right best on. one that we have held here on Telegram. Well, allegedly. Yes. I mean, <laughs> come on. Now we're glad you came out, come Hannah and, and Glenn, of course. No, and I Tanisha, Tanisha, I mean, you don't have to bring him next time. You're you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and and Sean. Sean. Yeah, yes. Sean and yeah. I um I appreciated the knowledge on social compacts and um I would like yeah. to it's get knowledge. Hey, look, all of this is a thought experiment. That's all it is. We are just here trying to figure out who we are in Christ. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yes, yes. And, and different people of us have different ways of interpreting that. You know, for me, it's the Christos, it's the Christolic. Um, you know, the euphoric third eye is the right. crystal oil that travels up the third spine through the seven chakras. And the 75,000 nerve end meridians. To the corona. Right? Right. Are we really yeah. going to let this king virus destroy us? Are we, say that again? Are we really going to allow this king virus, this crown virus, to destroy us? No, no. That's um, why I'm here, sir. I'm trying to be one of the few to help the many. Well, that, that's why we're all here. I mean, at least this is my opinion. This is my point of view. Is That's why we're all here. We are all here to help each Agreed. other. We are right. all here to be each other's servants. But from my specific point of view, you know, the reason why I wish to create this and move this forward is because I'm here to bring law. And I can't do it by myself. It's no. not a one-man job. No, no, we need no. we need Stevo and all that stuff. No, um, exactly. There, it's um, a it movement. To... It has to move, fluid multiples, and, and it, I guess there's a, a formula. That's what natural law is. Yes, yeah. and I, I, there's also a formula that seems to be pertinent, and that's you and I have. 48 hours of awake time when the show starts. When the show starts. Nah, man. I'm going hey, to sleep. This is evidence right here. Next week, we can't sleep again. I'm sorry. Hey, um, rest. I will. Thank you. Rest. Be blessed, my people. All of you. Thank you. Baruch you, Yaspi. As and I will to have you. more law questions uh, next week. 
Oh, please, dude. I love questions. I'm absolutely horrible at teaching without questions. <laughs> yes, I um, have a knack for many, many, many questions. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know you said something about having a stupid question, but I'm, I'm so for real. Like, as long as you don't know the answer to the question, the question's not stupid. I don't well, thank care what you. Anybody else does. I yeah, appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate that. That is the like. Um, like you've seen me in the videos, right? Yeah. I'm the blondest blonde boy you'll ever meet. <laughs> I could not believe when I saw your first video. I was like, oh, is that who that is speaking? <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you expect? <laughs> I don't even know what I expected until I saw it and I was wait a minute that's him <laughs> like I thought I was gonna see Yoda or something I don't know <laughs> that's funny you want to know why that's funny specifically yeah because most people like the most common response I get from people when they first meet me or see me uh, is I expected you to be taller <laughs> <laughs> well, I expected, I expected you, to, you be to be bigger. <laughs> uh, I expected you to be a little nicer, or um, you know, I would. Uh, I, I am I would not have nice. so many great reactions no. or comments back to that if someone said that to me. <laughs> oh, I am not nice. No, kind, I am maybe, but not nice. Mark, but no. Uh, no, My favorite not. game is who's the better sarcastic <laughs> asshole. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, I'm always courteous. Oh, God. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that story next week because I got called out for not being courteous this afternoon because of the video I just produced. But I was like, oh, nope, yes. I'm still courteous. Oh, you yeah. were what? probably just speaking great truths then. <laughs> it's not my fault you get offended. <laughs> Turd, 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 turd is the word. Yes, yes. Um, hey, Hannah, I agree with you. It's not my fault that you get offended. I cannot control you being offended. No. Um, I and in fact, you want to know why I never get offended by anybody? Probably the same reason I don't, but yeah, let's hear well, well, No, let's hear you first. <laughs> um. I don't get offended because their opinion is their opinion and whether they have an opinion about me, that's all uh, up to them. That's how you perceive me. That's, that is below me. I look at myself in a See, I'm not above you. And, I ain't below yeah. you. The only thing I can decide is me and what I decide is I'm not gonna give you the power to control how I feel. Right, right. Um, Alan Watts does a video uh, talking about that that I really loved about um, a lady saying she was afraid to die and he asked her why she was fearful of it and she said because i am afraid people will say oh she wasn't tough enough or she just gave up and he said 
that is people's opinion on you that you are accepting that is not who you are. Yeah, why would you create yourself from other people's imagination? It's like giving them but jurisdiction. My, yes, That's my exactly imagination uh, could be way not beyond or superior, but on a different level than yours. We're, we're all equal at a different place in time. Anyways, I really do got to go, and okay. I would like to get this audio up because I'm having problems right now. Yeah. But anyways, Hannah, I do have a homework assignment for you. Yes, I love homework. Okay, I am ready. Okay, Write so down your this, questions. What? Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm, I'm expecting her to just bring her questions on the spot, brother. Oh, uh, is that my homework to write down my questions? No, no, no. Just oh, bring good. Your, just bring your questions to Espanos. If you want to shoot from question. the hip. Yeah, yes, shooting I've never, from this hippo. I've never been one to follow like a five-year plan or when it's write your questions down and bring them to the group. Like, well, uh, But I don't know what questions I'm going to have. I have an idea, but. I don't know what answers I'm going to have, so we're good. <laughs> anyways here was my actual homework assignment okay. and that is when you brought up alan watts alan watts is a great philosopher just like manly p hall just like um who's the other one that everybody hates for being a freemason back in the civil war wrote morals and dogma okay um yeah there was another guru after alan watts um uh, I can't remember his name, but yeah, loved his video. But who, who wrote Morals and Dogma? Oh, uh, he no stood way. up for the slaves in the Civil War. I'm gonna kick myself. Uh, Albert Pike. Okay. Um, anyways, but this is this is kind of a thought exercise and, and a philosophical exercise. And that is I had a I had a friend who did not come out here on the show this evening because she was unaware of uh, of the nature and law that our group is. So just as a thought exercise, and because you seemed really good at completing the thought exercise I laid before you earlier, I was going to ask, will you get some type of philosophy like Alan Watts, philosophically explaining an idea, post it up in the group and explain why that particular talk or subject has to do with law. Okay. Because it's not legislation. Right. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And if you do that for me, you want to know what I'm going to do for you? No, but I bet you'll tell me. 
Absolutely nothing. I'm glad you didn't want to know. But <laughs> I'll give you a high five. <laughs> well, I, I was actually gonna say for, for everybody who's on the call, I've been talking with Monarch for a couple of weeks about creating legislation. You know, because legislation isn't exactly a bad thing. That's kind of like what Sean was talking about, where, uh, where everybody has to be in agreement. You know, this is yeah. why senators and Congress people, they have the right to vote. You got the right to suffer. You know, and I, and I don't have enough time to explain the rest of that tonight. But, oh, that makes that's, perfect sense. Yeah, that's why that goes on. So, and, and what I suggest, and we're trying to create a law society, right? From its origins to the original or structured framework. Yes. Well, I mean, that's, that's what we're all here to do is participate yes. in law. Like, that's what I'm here to do. Is anybody else not here to do that? I'm game. I'm in. So, I was told so, there's snacks. I'm just, just kidding. I, I would offer you water, but you're in the desert trying to operate first. <laughs> so, so, but if we're going to create a law society and a law of superior law, then we have to create some type of legislation. Agreed. So, and the legislation is basically just going to be how does our law society agree to move forward? Right. With knowing every part or aspect of whatever it is being brought forth to agree on. Hey, Hannah, can you meet yourself out for a second? Okay, thank you. All right, that that uh, background went away. That's what I was kind of checking. Sorry about that, Hannah. That I'm trying to cut you out. So, but um, yeah, if you uh, post something up in the group and talk about how uh, what the philosophy that you're talking about has to do with law. You know, because people come on this call all the time. They bring up like case law, legislation, you know, all this stuff. And it's cool. We all went through it. I've said this a million times, you know, like when I was learning law, here's how I started. I started with statues, just like everybody else. I started with the Constitution, just like everybody else. And when I knew the elements to the Constitution and the elements to statues well enough, I quit. I stopped. I was just like, hey, I can bring this up. I can look this uh, source up whenever I wish. I don't have to look at this anymore. I don't have to study it anymore. And after that point, I started moving on to case law. Okay. But case law is just philosophy in disguise. And philosophy is just the love of knowledge. You know, this is why the law is the keys to the kingdom of knowledge. That's exactly what it says in the Bible. 
That's exactly what Christ accused the lawyers and the scribes and the Pharisees of. He said, you hold the keys to the kingdom of knowledge and you enter not yourself and hinder those who wish to enter. That's like the greatest crime you could ever commit. Yeah. Quit blocking the door, dummy. (laughs) Quit being a cock block. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we wish to get married sometime to to our soul, to our savior, to our one true love. You know, and these ideas get twisted around and the precepts of them get distributed out into the public by corporations like Disney with all their fairy tales, you know, and their princesses and they're freaking kicking Johnny Depp out of freaking Pirates of the Caribbean. Woods Rogers. Woods Rogers. Corporate franchise charters. <laughs> so if you um if you have the imagination to place philosophy up in our group and philosophically express an idea, because where I was going with that was after reading case law for like two and a half years, I finally got to the point where I could just take a philosophical position on a case and I could go find every legal resource to back up that philosophical position. And this is why the appellate court won't even freaking address me at all. You know, the way that I order it, or the way I tell people to order attorneys that they're paying how to move and do things, these are the things that I'm doing to the appellate court, and they're just ignoring it, which is kind of beautiful. Some people would think it's really pessimistic. I think it's very awesome because what I'd really be scared of is them answering and just saying, we don't care about law anymore. Yeah. We're not even hiding it. We're going to just tell you. Right. We don't even have a conscience about it anymore. Yeah. Right. Like Carl Miller had asked that of a judge when the attorney was trying to get him to take a, a medical or psych valve. Um, and he asked the judge, has it got to that point where you are crazy if you are going to stand up for your rights and argue your rights, argue someone in, in law know. that you have to be crazy? Not crazy, uh, but incompetent. The man, the man that introduced me to Oracle's brother, you know, they they put an order against him to go to a psych ward to have a psychological evaluation. You can go see the whole story up on YouTube. His name was Andrew Tickle, but um, you know, they they were literally going to have him psychologically evaluated for asking what I do wrong. I was psychologically evaluated. Didn't work out well for them. I pleaded the fifth all the way through. I first requested the Jesuit on the bench. I stated the fact, am I not a accused defendant with the right to remain silent? He said, yes, but I do not recommend that. 
I went in the evaluation. First question, am I, I am a, uh, the first question they asked, the answer was, I am an accused defendant with the right to remain silent. Next question. And it, it consisted through three questions, same answer. Ended the evaluation and there was no determination. That was the end of that. We proceeded. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just uh, grew up in a different age, brother, because if the court were dumb enough to send me to a psychological evaluator. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. They wouldn't do that for the same reason they wouldn't put me in front of a jury. <laughs> well, the, they don't have a their jury. Their army is dwindling, and they don't want to lose more. Okay, two things is you, you don't know anybody alive today that's ever had a, a lawful jury trial. When you change the elements of the jury, you no longer have a jury. And that's what they do is they give, um, what, it, how is it that they, they instruct and, and with instruction you know, and, and hey, elimination. Hey, I'm, I'm going to forgive you on that one, brother, because you weren't here last week, but honestly, uh, problems with Steve-O, uh, had a lawful jury trial this evening. I guess you might've missed it, but he was lawfully summons. Let me change my words. Anybody in prison today, okay. based upon what jury trial, did not receive a jury trial. Well, they no, they, they received a jury trial. They did not receive a trial by jury. Of his a peers. jury trial. Because peers a, true jury, a true jury that I would want, even doesn't exist today, um, not in the sense of what the state offers, because even from the jury pool, it is corrupt. Yes. They There's a pool uh, that is specific to um, license holders, uh, registration holders, not um, people I would want to Person. to uh, try my uh, case. Um, hey, so, or you could be like me, and they just straight up deny you your right to a trial, to a jury trial. Like even in their kangaroo court, they're like, "We're not letting you speak to anybody else." Exactly uh, right. They don't even offer uh, that in family court, and I demanded and demanded, and then they told me I had to pay two hundred and fifty dollars for it. And then when I said, okay, who do I write the check to? How do we do this? They were, well, fuck, we don't know how to do it. <laughs> so that's a whole other can of worms. Cash. No, but I mean the structure of even setting up for a jury trial hey, in a guardianship I'm, case. I, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about what I would actually do in your position. What I will talk about is something I did in my own position. Okay, but I I want want to do the first one. I'm really gonna leave. Well, see, I I can't do that because I can't give you that type of advice. Okay, what I will say is this is something that very seriously happened to me in my life, and something that very seriously happened to me in my life is I went down the street and um, basically set up a meeting 
with uh, somebody who was pretty high up in the Greek mafia. And when I went to go, you know, appear for that meeting, because court's 24-7, 365, I walked straight up with a file. I handed it to him, and I said, that's my fucking family. If I see you around them again, if I see this type of participation, I'm going to put you in the dirt. And that was the end of that conversation. They freaking uh, emptied out their safe house within 24 hours of that conversation. I paid the private detectives to watch them do it the entire time, document the whole thing. We knew where it moved to. But that's a story about when somebody with high power and high authority threatened my little man in training and his existence. And, and, you know, I wasn't even as upset about that as I was about the private detective who called me up and asked me to throw my soon-to-be ex-wife in, in prison for my own selfish motives. I was just like, are you absolutely insane? You so know, they... Maybe Maybe I threatened the wrong individual. <laughs> right. And maybe the Greek mafia were not the persons to threaten. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that didn't work out so well for you in a past life. <laughs> no, it worked out fine. They backed uh, off immediately. They, they switched up their safe house. I mean, and I'm telling you right now, uh, I think Oracle's been by that safe house. If she hasn't, I'll, I'll show it to her sometime. But, I mean, you're talking about a quarter of a million dollar safe house over on the east side, like white side of town. Right. You know I meant I mean? the, the perpetrators in this story, not yourself. Didn't work do what? out for them. Hey, I, so I'm well. not here to judge any perpetrators. You what? You know, I, I'm not here to judge any perpetrators. Like, that, like no, nobody cool. committed a crime against me. See, the only way that somebody would have committed a crime against me is if they would have continued after I told them to stop. It's like my son, you know, my man in training, the little man in training, not young man in training anymore. But he uh, he got sent home, you know, kind of in trouble, I guess. Uh, but, he, you know. Anyways, the, these girls were poking at him, touching him. Hold, he didn't like it, you know. And then he aggressively got them to stop, which is what got attention. And kind of like the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you know, because we teach our children from a very, very young age. And I was like, well, I got your back. You know, in fact, I told him, I was like, do you know what assault is? <laughs> well, what's that, dad? And keep in mind that the way that my son got to sit in the front seat with my dad is that when he was like eight and a half years old, he looked up the statute for South Carolina about the seatbelt laws and sitting in the front seat. And he was like, see, I can do it at eight <laughs> years old as long as I'm 65 pounds, captain. 
Yes. What you got to say now? What's your What's your next argument? Because I'll go ask my dad for the answer. I'm just <laughs> no, awesome. I mean I'm I'm going to give him a lot of credit. He did all of that on his own, you know. But um, straight up, and it's always continued education. I was like, son, do you know do you know what assault is? And he was like, no, what is it? And I just poke him. You know, poke his knee, poke his belly. Yeah. I don't know what part, part of him I poked. But I was like, do you know what assault is yet? He was like, nope, what is it? And I just poke him again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then he was finally like, dad, what's assault? And I'm like, well, assault is anytime somebody touches you and you don't want them to, you know, but you right. have to tell them it's assault. Like, it's not battery. Right, because battery is when somebody touches you with force and nobody would like it. <laughs> it you right. know, that's the difference between assault and battery. And typically assault, like in its truest definition of the term, would be like actually seeing the battery coming at you. Right? Like, right. like I've charged somebody with battery before without assault because they hit me from behind. And... Um, Anyways, so he, he was all like, ah, that, yeah, <laughs> you know, okay, I get it. And, and I taught him some other things to do, you know, to kind of try to resolve it the, the best way you can with what you're, the situation you're in. But I was like, you know, if you can't resolve it that way, well, you're in South Carolina <laughs> and we are very liberal not left, but liberal about our right to self-defense. Incredibly okay. liberal about it. In fact, if you assault me, not battery me, but if you assault me, I can use whatever amount of force I deem necessary and proper to stop the assault. And this is kind of like telling cops, hey, you can search their car with reasonable suspicion. Yeah, that favorite word, reasonable. Right? But who can decide what I find to be the appropriate amount of force, the necessary and proper amount of force to get you to, to stop your assault? You know, and I'm just going to end it with this story. Oracle said I need to tell my little man in training this story. But um, when I was 17, this is absolutely crazy. When I was 17, I'd never been arrested before. It was like a week after I turned 17. It was before, um, it was before Halloween because that's when I got arrested. <laughs> it was awful. You know, so like a couple of days after I turned 17, I'm up at work and I'm 17. So I can actually stay to close down the restaurant instead of having to go home early on a like a, a work license or whatever. Um, anyways, I tell everybody, everybody else is getting into a uh, water fight. And I tell everybody, hey, I'm, you know, I've had a bad night. I'm not participating. Leave me out of it. 
and, and this girl, you know, I mean, we kind of been flirting around and stuff, but she comes up and she has all these trays full of water. Well, I just emptied the coffee machine. And I had a cup of really hot water and she threatened to throw the trays on me and I threatened to throw the cup on her. And then she actually threw the trays on me and I actually threw the cup on her. She actually got third degree burns. Well, you gave her notice. I did. And I waited around for the cops. Okay. They sent a cop out that night because her dad called the police on me. And uh, my manager runs out when I was about to go home. He was like, John, you know, you got to stay here. The cops are on their way. And everybody at the restaurant was on my side. Like every single individual who witnessed what happened, they were all like, well, John told her not to do it. John told all of us that he wasn't in the mood. He didn't feel like having a water fight for us to just leave him out of it, you know? And so the cop hearing all of these things freaking lets me go home that night, right? Like, okay, you know, you're free to go. Great. A week and a half later, I get called up on Halloween. Somebody called me up the other day. They were like, the police department never just calls you up and asks you if you want to be arrested. And I'm like, that's really funny because that's how they typically do it when I get arrested. <laughs> you know, so, so the first time I was ever arrested, they called me up on Halloween. I was about to go out with my friends and party all night. I'm not going to add all the details, but they called me up and I'm like, can we do this tomorrow? I'll come get arrested tomorrow. Cause they were like, we got this arrest warrant for you. And then we saw the neighborhood you live in. And we figured that we would go ahead and ask you to just come down here before we embarrass you. Or we could just come out there and embarrass you. You know, we can play this game of cops and robbers. It's fun. And I was just like, can we do this tomorrow? Like, I promise you I'll come down there tomorrow. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've been through this rodeo before. Uh Uh-uh. We're going to come and get you in 20 minutes. In fact, we got an officer like two seconds from your spot right now. (laughs) Hang up and not be on your way. I dare you. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I'm embellishing the story a little bit, but not as much as a turd would. So if anybody has not seen um, the video I put out this afternoon or this evening, uh, I think that you should because it's really awesome. But that could just be personal bias. Um, And if you would, please uh, share the Telegram link around Telegram and the YouTube link around all social medias. I'll go ahead and put up the YouTube link. Cool. I got a list of the contacts if you want me to put it up. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Would you handle that for me, my brother? Yes, sir. We never do our own dirty work when we're gangster. Fuck no, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> That's why you have minions. I'm having my minions persons do it. Minions assemble. <laughs> hey, JC. 
Yep, let's go on. Did you ever use that media tag that I made for you in Oracle? Your press pass. Press pass? It was before that interview with that yeah, woman. Yeah. yeah, with the uh, future district attorney, if she's still going to run. Yeah. Did it work? Did you use it? Why wouldn't it work? Right, exactly. I don't know. I was just she wondering. She was setting you up. <laughs> do, do you want to know why it wouldn't work? I have no idea why it wouldn't work. If we didn't work it, oh! I <laughs> <laughs> known that was coming. <laughs> so, uh, hey, I think I'm, he I'm, set you up on that one. <laughs> 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 like four steps in advance. <laughs> you just Wait, did a full stop, not. sir. <laughs> kind of like I'm going to set up. Uh, there's going to be a new thumbnail. Monarch has actually already sent me one. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Oracle is commenting to me right now. She's absolutely confirming that not only did we use the press passes that one time, they were used multiple times. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. But come on, you you know, like with my background, falsifying documents, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling them off in public, no problem. You plagiarist. Are down there getting a getting a free cup of joe at the dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, I didn't sign anything. I'm not named in that problem. So, but um, I, I will be having a new thumbnail come out. I, I asked Monarch to uh, talk about the Grumpy because uh, Oracle actually brought up to my attention. I'm really glad she did because it led to a very interesting conversation with somebody later that day. And uh, that was, she was like, you uh, you keep calling her Amber Turd or just the turd, <laughs> the turd. Uh, but she was like, you never explain where the logic for that thought comes from. And so I was like, Monarch, make me some clickbait material <laughs> that, uh, you know, like like it's all about symbols, right? You got the, yes. the updated one, right? Uh, yeah, I just haven't been able to update it yet. I heard somebody call her Scamber Turd. A scamber Turd? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a turd scam. <laughs> it's a whole fun and games and till someone until somebody gets a turd. <laughs> it was a it was a fecal delivery. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> this stinks. <laughs> around. Right, I'm gonna upload this new thumbnail while I'm here, and then I really gotta go because I I do have some computer problems, and I have to uh, get those situated before.
I call my IT guy in the morning. And when I mean, did morning, your computer take a shit? It actually it did. It it, it was bad. It, it it didn't just take a shit. It took a turd. <laughs> yeah. It shit on the walls. <laughs> Another level. Whole nother look like like I'm for real freaking me and my boy were over here. Uh Oracle was was generous enough to take us on vacation, which was awesome. And the night before we left, uh me and my boy were over and he saw me. I, I just got a brand new laptop, which is way more powerful than my old desktop. It's freaking awesome. Um it just has to have a, a little more RAM. I'm going to cry. Um, so, but uh, he he saw me playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And he was all like, I've heard about this game because, well, it's, it's a freaking awesome game. Anyways, I, t- I took him into the computer room, into the office, to show him it on my, you know, new Mac Daddy computer with a 2080 Super and 12 cores at 4 gigahertz. You know, awesome stuff if you're a techie nerd <laughs> or if you're a content creator for YouTube. And, um, <laughs> like, within five minutes of playing, we were sitting down uh, ordering some wings for dinner, and the screen just goes blank, and the fans just start revving up. I really pray that it's not the motherboard that just ate it. But if, if it is everything's still under warranty, you know, because all of the components are brand new. Just throw it in the freezer. Let it cool down. I had that happen to me. And what I did was I took the, um, I took the covering off and I had Glenn take his air compressor and blow out the (laughs) internal motherboard area. And it actually worked. It fixed it. And I was able to put it back together and it stopped running like an airplane and started coming back on with no problems. I haven't had a problem with it since, actually. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just going to say, like, I think it could be a couple of different things. If it's the motherboard, I'm glad it happened right now because, you know, at least it happened while it was still in warranty. Um If it is like it, because what it could be is it could be something as simple as I still had the AMD graphics driver on the computer. And uh, it could just be that simple as just going into the hard drive and deleting the AMD graphics driver. uh, And it's not competing with the NVIDIA one anymore. And that would be really awesome because I could probably get my... uh, my computer back tomorrow because this laptop like it's really good it's awesome i can scrub really well i i can work really well but it has 16 gigabytes of ram and so like on the video that i was making earlier today it it was just under the amount that is required for the system not to crash when i play it at double or triple speed which is typically how i edit you know like i don't listen to anything as like normal speed because i'm just a weirdo oh look i think alan has something to say you want to join the conversation alan <laughs> uh just kidding that's a joke because alan doesn't like this stuff Boo. 
Ah, no, delete that. I'm not going to let y'all into my studio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. What's going on, Alan? Doing that deal, man. Riding yeah. around. All I do, well, except for my three-week, you know, unplanned vacation. Yeah, how's that working out, healing up? Uh, it's still there. It ain't fell off yet. Do we want it to fall off? Well, no. <clears throat> I'm wondering if falling off and then just like getting a wood wooden peg would be better than the surgery I gotta have. Well, if you're gonna take the Jack Sparrow road, <laughs> <laughs> might work in court too. <laughs> yep. I don't. I almost get frisked at the courthouse now. This knee brace I've got, it's got metal in it. They don't like that. Oh, yeah. They're all like, uh, we're going to get you. Yeah. Yeah, with all these straps and all these bars and everything, you know, I got like knives and got a gun tucked away in there, you know. Hey, just, just, just so everybody knows, I've I've been talking about for a long time how getting a recording pen um because they'll never not let you take a pen and what dude i can't get it to uh bring up the other thumbnail can any yeah can anybody else like because i've changed the thumbnail but you don't see it that way no i see it that way when i'm in in the editor i don't see it that way when i post it I wonder if it has to be refresh. No, because uh, I refreshed it, reposted it. I already done that a couple of times. Hmm. Try hopping onto YouTube and see if you can. Yeah, I'm checking it out right now. Oh, that's what messed me up, man. Edge updated. Of course it did. Um, let me see. Yep, it's got the new one. If I go to your page, it shows the new one. Well, hey, I am out again. Thank you so much, guys. And I will work on my homework. Yes, ma'am. You have a good week that's and evening. Through. Yeah, that's good. You be guys, great too. All right. right. Well, I guess that ain't for you. See you all again real soon. Okay. On all right. Commie well, time. I'm on that commie time, which is all the time. Yeah, it's so I'm about to. Here, I'm about to start my 72 hours. 
Mm. All right. Hey, everybody, have a good night. Have a good week. Have a good weekend. We're always here on the gram, and we'll be on the call next Wednesday. Same bat time, same silly channel, you know, 9 p.m. Eastern. And we watch dare you to show up again. <laughs> yes, and watch the new YouTube video. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to end it now. Peace out. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.